You're a natural. Let's do this. Yep. Yep. Perfect. All Perfect. right. Fuck you, Matt. Yep. <laughs> and, and again, she, she understands the show. So we're all right. Yeah. All right. Uh, for now, listening to the show, you're getting the show. Awesome. Perfect. Um, and she's got the crux of the show. Fuck Matt. Yeah. Yeah. All right. that, that's pretty much it. That's the crux of life is yeah. fuck Matt. <laughs> all right. So auditions to replace Matt with Ebeth. Take one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do, does it have to be an audition? Can I just let her take over and I can go home? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Works. Yeah. Give her your notes. Yeah. Right. yeah, like she's going to be able to read this. Yeah, fair enough. And so when I say anything you say can and will be used against you, I mean literally anything. I've had seven dicks inside of me. Yeah, yep, there it is. I wondered. Yep. I'm taking another dick. And there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't know where we're going with that one. You don't have to worry about us looking at each other. If we can actually hear you, you don't have to look at the person you're talking to Yeah. Okay. Uh, as a response or anything like that. Just kind of focus in on the mic you're okay, fine perfect. um as long as we can hear you through the mic we don't need to see you perfect. <laughs> okay that's a good and I hardly ever look at each other in the eye anymore we kind of prefer it that way yeah <laughs> particularly when we make love uh, well, of course, of course love, when we make love and when i make love i mean hate fuck yeah well, no. oh I mean, man there's some real grudges there. i like to call it hate love the energy Thank you. In the room. <laughs> but then again i'm a flower child so <laughs> okay so i'm gonna mute all the channels here we go the following show will destroy your self-worth with excessive expletives, overtly descriptive sexual deviance, and more desperation for external validation than any so-called entertainment should ever be allowed. Two talentless losers who are about as insightful and provocative as a comatose jellyfish. Cinema Psyops. A tendency to deprave and corrupt those whose minds are open to such immoral influences and to whose hands a publication of this sort may fall. So if someone of a dirty bird gets hold of your stuff and it makes them a dirtier bird, then it's labeled obscene. Encouraging the lowest, most base, and animalistic of desires to all who will listen. Because we, as a society, have decided that cinema psyops represents our base and vulgar impulses, and that acknowledging our use of it rattles our collective conscience. trying my best to make a positive impact in the lives of others, but secretly I was involved in a relationship that was taking over my life. Cinema Psyops. It was leaving me wounded and depressed, unable to even manage the relationships that mattered to me. Auditory vermin infest in every aspect of the human condition, spreading their filth and foul disease. The Black Plague Podcast in Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. To Cinema Psyops. I'm sitting here with a very special guest. Her name is Ebeth. How's it going? It's going good. Thanks for having me. Now, the reason that I decided to have Ebeth guest with us here is because she is a huge fan of the film that we're discussing tonight, and that is The Devil's Nightmare. Forced to do the notes once again for episode 222 is Matt. Ah, uh, the triple twos. <laughs> 
<laughs> the tri- the terrible triple twos. Multiply that by three, and that's a number I can get behind. If you know what I'm saying? And I think you do. Uh, hold on, let me look that up in my phone real quick, and I'll just seriously. Decide. I don't know math. Will you leave me alone? Six, six, six. Oh, oh. The yeah, number yeah. of the beast. <laughs> that was like the nicest way anybody's ever thrown up devil horns in the studio. <laughs> it wasn't like your low growl, like typical. I was uh, mimicking Iron Maiden, so I wanted uh, to make sure that I did a little bit more, just gentle and uh, ready to go. There you go. Yeah, it looks like the compressor is going to decide to be a problem tonight. Um, oh, even though shit. it was being nice, it's okay. I'll deal with it. And it's happening to you mainly. Yeah, well, uh, it was fine, but I think three channels is just too much for it. But we'll work. Yeah, we'll work around it. It'll be fine. All I got to do is just keep smacking the mic, and then I'll edit it later. It's fine. <laughs> there you go. Smacking the mic is that code or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen, whatever you're doing when we leave here, that's fine. But <laughs> well, normally I would do that with you in the studio because we have an understanding. Yeah, of course. But we don't want to make our guest uncomfortable, no. so that's not happening. And Thank course... you. I appreciate you guys being gentlemen tonight. <laughs> we wore pants, so this is a big deal. <laughs> oh, man. First guest in studio that we've ever worn pants for because not no one true. else. Not true. <laughs> not Who else? True. Brandon. We wore pants oh, to Oh, we did wear brands, for pants for Brandon. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And if all works out, we will be having Brandon in the studio next week for the film. Awesome. So we're going to have guests as long as the equipment holds up, but it doesn't look like it's going to, so maybe we'll try. I just cranked up my uh, <laughs> my gain, and we'll see how, how that works. There you go. So far, so good. It looks like it's forcing It's through. sounding all right. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so Devil's Nightmare is the film that we chose uh, for tonight, and the reason for that is Mondo Macabro released a Blu-ray of it. It's been basically in a limbo of royalty-free public domain crap DVD fests for like ever. That's how I first saw it. Yeah. Same. That's how I saw it, too. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, well, there we go. <laughs> I had never seen this movie before. Shocker. Well, yeah, when have you yeah. ever seen the movies that I choose for the show before? Very rarely. Yeah, unless it's like a very well-known, like, because you, you were pretty much the most, like, mainstream dude for horror that that's, was. That's a fact. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't see a lot of weird shit. Matt's a basic bitch. I, uh, yeah, I am. I'm a basic fucking bitch when it comes to movies. <laughs> she is not wrong. Can I get you to say fuck Matt one more time for me, Ebeth? Yeah, fuck Matt. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's going to become a drop. That's going to have to be it's a drop. beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So, I, okay, I bought like a 10 DVD set. This was back in the day whenever like DVD was first starting to like really take hold in like the late 90s and it was like, I think it was Brentwood Communications. They're now gone. But it was like a 10 DVD set and they would always have like a special title where it's like, a, you know, like some stupid thing. I can't even remember the name of it, but I think it was like Shock Theater or Movies to Creep You Out or some shit like that. There was 10 movies on this thing and uh, one of them was Devil's Nightmare and then the other one was um, Baba Yaga, which is another Erica Blank, mm-hmm. a Blanc, however you want to pronounce it, but an Erica Blanc starring uh, film. And both of those made me a lifelong Erica Blanc fan and also wondering what the fuck Redemption Video was because the DVD was apparently a Redemption Video DVD <laughs> that they bought in Brentwood Communication and brought it over here. And that was a really weird experience. I don't know if anybody's ever seen old school Redemption Video DVDs. They Mm-mm. they used to have like this horror host lady that was basically just like mostly nude or completely nude. And she would introduce the thing as like this vampire-like character. And then they would have some other like sort of erotic thing that would go on in the background. Keep talking. I'm interested. You would love those intros because yeah. they were Sounds sleazy. Like it. Yeah. Mostly featured like brunette women covered in fake blood doing lesbianic type activity together. I mean, take huh. away the blood part and I'm, I'm in. I don't know. All that is you. Like you, you throw the blood part in and that's when I start getting yeah, That's interested. when you're interested. Yeah. 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 I found the movie because uh, I was at, I think I was at Best Buy, honestly. I 
found this Blu-ray collection set where this Devil's Nightmare movie was on this Blu-ray set with like five or six other movies. And the title of the Blu-ray set was something about like zombies and vampires. And, you know, the villain in this is a succubus. She's not really a zombie or a vampire, but it was like a light. It was like a living, walking, living dead, some sort of title. And um, out of all the movies in this set, this was the one I, I liked the most. And actually, this movie did become my favorite horror movie. I love older scary movies. And yeah, this one definitely stuck out to me. Oh, so that said, is it like all the movies on one Blu-ray? Uh, it's on, it's two discs. There's like a disc for zombies and a disc for vampires. But they're each one Blu-ray? Yeah, yeah, they're one Blu-ray. Like, it's like five movies each disc? Something like that. It oh. may have been, I think it was three movies each, each disc. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, you get them. Just well, I, there, I've seen some of those sets where they put like 20 movies on one Blu-ray and they're like super compressed, like shit fest compressed films. Mm-hmm. Like, worse than you would get on those multi-DVD mm-hmm. pack kind of things. Because the ones that I bought was like uh, one movie per side of a double-sided DVD. Yeah. And the one that I was the most obsessed with was like an Erica Blanc double feature because one side of the disc was Baba Yaga. The other side was Devil's Nightmare. And there were nights when I couldn't sleep and I would just watch one mm-hmm. and then the other. And then eventually I would go to sleep and I would have the best dreams of Erica Blanc ever. There you go. <laughs> she is gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I totally agree. So basically when they started putting these on to Blu-ray instead of DVD, you may have bought one of the same type of budget companies. I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if yours wasn't like Echo Bridge Media or um God, Mill Creek. They started doing some of It those might as have well. been Mill Creek. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Mill Creek because they did a lot of those kind of films where they would uh they would have um those multi DVD sets and then they took the money that they made from that and started buying other properties and are now actually mm-hmm. doing good releases like of like really restored films and things like that. They did a Mothra steelbook, which is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's movies like we're talking about here that may have gone kind of unnoticed and things like that. Yeah. Um, now, Mondo Macabro, the folks that released the Blu-ray that we all watched here, that is actually a company that will take the time and restore it and try and go back and get the actual elements and all of that. It's not just like a print that may have been like a VHS dub or maybe like a, I don't know, like a drive-in theater 35 millimeter that they scanned or something to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those are, are, are like that. So I'm actually really stoked. I hope it is a Mill Creek set because that means that you helped fund by buying that set. You helped fund the the eventual growth that got them to release Mothra in a steelbook. I'll have to let you know. I'll have to check that out when I get home later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just curious because I'm I'm a big geek for that kind of stuff. I, like I follow every type of release company. I'm always doing posts and things like that. I knew uh, we had talked about Devil's Nightmare like ages ago. I can't even remember. It was just oh, like it a, was one of, years ago. It w- might have been one of the mm-hmm. Halloween parties that I had. That you yeah, were at. that had to have been yeah. it. Yeah, no, because I think I brought it up that I actually wanted to be the villain in this movie for Halloween at one point in time and back then I I was a redhead I had I was dyeing my hair red a lot so I had that thought of like ooh I could be like this really cool redheaded Erica Blanc villain but um, I don't know maybe that'll be next year for Halloween maybe then that will be my year where I'll be her for Halloween because seriously nice. I'm just I'm such a fan of it gotta have the spooky face then oh, oh that's, that's of easy course to do. I do the spooky face yeah. like I'm not no no I'm not one of those basic bitches who just, <laughs> who just not looks you, Matt. pretty <laughs> Oh, dare Who just you. looks pretty. No, I'd want to be a scary gal for Halloween. So <laughs> here we go. A scary succubus. Nice. But okay. Yeah. All right. I'll have you know, I put a lot of thought in my costume this year as a drunken loser. <laughs> Never mind. So you went as yourself? <laughs> yeah. That's every year. Yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's just lay in a box yeah. someplace. But anyway, you brought up the name and I think I just mm-hmm. lost my shit. I'm like, how do you know that movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we, I don't even gotta, remember how it came yeah. up in, in topic, but that's funny. Yeah. 
And I think when I saw the Blu-ray being released by, and I'm not a shill for this company, I'm just a big fan, but when Mondo was, Mondo Macabro was releasing it, I think you were like the first person I was like, I messaged you. I'm like, it's getting released on yes, Blu-ray. You gotta get like, this. I was like, heck yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. He, so yeah. He says he's not a shill while he slowly counts a pile of money every time he says the company's name. I fucking wish. You know, <laughs> I would seriously, I would be a shill for any of these companies for just free copies to review. I think we've always said we could be bought. I mean, fairly easily. I've flat out said that yeah. if you want to program a show, all you have to do is buy the movie you want me to do. Yeah, yeah, we can Pure be bought very easily. The only, the, there's only one particular film that is banned from that, and I'm not going to fucking say it because I know our audience. Uh, oh, yeah, because they'll, they'll make you want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, Do I know the movie? We'll talk about it off mic because I'm not fucking not doing say, I mean, you don't even want to take the chance of having to try to edit it out. No, I <laughs> fucking, I hate this movie that much, so. It will never go across the microphone yeah yeah and i oh, i'm gosh. just it's not like i'm like offended by it it's not like it's just disgusting or anything like that it's just it's so fucking bad <laughs> and i was forced to watch it once and i never want to watch it again yeah pure and simple damn so and i have a price in my head that if somebody wants me to cover it i yeah. will make them pay and i'll yeah. do it and it's a ridiculous amount of money is it zombies versus cockneys no no okay. i've never even heard of that yeah that that's a thing that does exist i believe that it's a thing thank you david yeah it's thank you thing. very much david i appreciate that <laughs> so well, we're going to talk about that movie, but like, uh, let's take the break and then I'll tell you what the movie is. Yes. And then what my actual price is to cover it. I want to, I get, I got to know. Uh, it's roughly what it'll take to fix and replace all of this equipment over here as if it were brand new. And yeah. then the stuff I bought over there that I haven't been able to use yet. So if we have any really, really well off benefactors who want to see court in pain, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe message court and see if you, it's in the tens of thousands of dollars for me to cover this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it won't be so painful then. You'll no. Be, you'll be pretty fucking cheerful. <laughs> no, I will I will fucking like do a low budget version of uh indecent proposal where I spread the money out on the bed and roll around in it. Yeah. And then we'll oh cover the film. <laughs> I mean, you know, don't tell the tellers you did that. Or do tell them and make sure they wear gloves. <laughs> oh my god. I'm pretty sure that all money is done that way. So you should yeah. always wash your hands after yeah, handling. Yeah, you money. really should. Yeah. Especially you, dollar bills, because I've seen where a lot of those go. We've all yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've oh, all seen yeah. where a lot of dollar bills I go. I saw where they went last weekend. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. No. Uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's take the break here. We're going to play the Legion Podcast Patreon ad promo. We'll have a little bit of music straight out of Devil's Nightmare. When we come back, we'll have the trailer. This will keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me Cutting a New Show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon. And for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. 
there's something about this like late 60s, early 70s music that, that that's featured prominently in this film that I really, really dig. Mm-hmm. And that intro music really grabbed me. So Same. Yeah. I, Same. I, I, <laughs> it transports you to a different time. Well, it does that. And then it also really just kind of helps set the tone of the film because yeah. it's, it does. it's creepy. But at the same time, it has like this sort of like offbeat cultural zeitgeist of like that style of 60s music. Yeah. And the, the singing is, is really well done. And mm-hmm. I can't, I don't speak French. So I don't know what that woman is actually saying. Say, yeah. I'm, or or Belgian. Was it Italian? Well, it's an Italian and um, Belgian co-production. But I think the language is like Belgian French. I don't know what that is because I don't know anything. I don't know culture. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm American. Yeah. So what do I know? <laughs> Three <laughs> American pig dogs who are uncultured swine. Well, two for sure. Two. <laughs> yeah. You and I. Yeah, you and I are definitely uncultured swine. <laughs> don't lump her swine. in on this just no. because she volunteered she's to talk about at, this movie. She's not at our level. She's, she's, she's a lot higher than we are. <laughs> you know what is exactly at our level, though, Matt? What's that? This trailer. Oh, my God. This, 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 this is the next to the last stop on a one-way trip. These passengers have all made a down payment on their tickets with pride, lust, envy, anger, greed, gluttony, and laziness. And now, the final payment is due, and someone will be around to collect. The Devil's Nightmare will leave its mark on you. Rated R. That TV spot was awesome. That's nice. And look, it didn't give up a lot. Nothing. Nope. Just gave you a good premise for the movie. It yeah, does perfect. It does actually show you like a lot of the kills and the violence that's oh, happening, yeah. but it's like quick cuts. And since that was all noise and and like squishy noises and stuff like that, I, I cut that part down. Uh, but the TV spot that I used was actually like, I think, 58 seconds. Mm-hmm. And once I removed that stuff, that took it down to a cool like 30 seconds and it made it more like a radio spot. We've, le- we've legit had trailers on this show, which were like included like half the clips we've done and told you the entire movie and we're just like well nothing left to do here we can just go home and completely yeah. spoiled the ending as yeah. well yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so you just fucking assholes well speaking of spoilers matt do your notes all right the devil's nightmare we start out it's berlin 1945 want to know how we know that the movie tells us so thanks movie that's nice thank you i always appreciate you know the title card that tells us what's going on i do too at. i totally mm-hmm. appreciate when i'm told where and when i mean i could have probably gotten that out of context with the uh Nazi uniforms and, and the, the bombing blitz and the bombing sounds. and the blitz and all that. You yeah. probably could have, but fuck it. But since I'm uneducated, I was really appreciative of knowing that that was Berlin 1945. Same, same, same. Yeah, yeah. The American education system really is, well, you know. <laughs> I just needed my wife to read it to me, and then I was well aware of what was going on at the time. Oddly enough, she doesn't write his notes, and yet he's able to make that chicken scratch actually work and become notes. I was hired to watch movies, not to read movies. Okay, so... <laughs> We're going all subtitles next year. Motherfuck. So it's World War II. Some bombing's going on. A daughter is born to a baron. Uh, If they're baron, how can they have children? No, the the title baron. Not a baron person. But isn't a baron a person? Oh, you're right. It's the title. All of the monarchy aren't really people. Again, we've had American education on this show. (laughs) They're not parasites. They're lizard people. 
we've been over this. But the lizard people are parasites, Matt. They live on us. You just blew my mind, motherfucker. Yeah, back to your notes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, after the daughter is born, uh, his wife passes away. Uh, the Baron sends his aide and the nurse away to protect themselves while the bombing happens. Looks down at the baby girl and with a knife, stabs and kills the baby. So as I thought, best movie ever. I already thought this is the greatest opening to any movie Court has ever seen. <laughs> I'm like, Court must be so happy right now. Yeah, I mean, baby stabbed with bayonet. Yeah. It's how I said it in my prayers to a non-existent god every night. Well, the guy just <laughs> stares off in the distance, emotionless, and smoking a cigarette. I mean, I'm telling you, it's what you would do. Would you expect anything less from a Nazi? I don't think he's a Nazi. He's a Russian. Was he Russian, though? Because yeah, those uniforms look awfully Nazi. He's in... Uh, yeah, they I were close. Nazi. But it was, I mean, he was definitely... Because they lived in Stalingrad. Yeah. So that's the bombing at Stalingrad by the Germans. That's his house where his wife is. And yeah, no, he's he is Russian. Holy shit. Matt actually taught me something from his love of history. Yeah. It actually worked to his benefit for I, once. I'm a big history buff. It's like the one thing I'll actually put effort into. Oh, that's <laughs> nice to know. <laughs> um. So anyway, we now cut to what would be considered the present day. And we know this because now everything's in color, not black and white. Again, thanks, movie. Thanks for helping us out. And it almost said present day in the subtitle. It, it thing too, literally yeah. almost did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it, so you couldn't put two and two together, but that's okay. <laughs> it was it was a nice Wizard of Oz moment. It was black and white. Now it's colors. This is great. I'm like, where are the munchkins? <laughs> so wrong movie, but we will cover something like that soon. Okay, excellent. Uh, we cut to uh, the Baron is now being interviewed by a young woman about his family curse, and he doesn't want it dragged through some seedy newspaper. She asks to take pictures of his castle, and he forbids it, so she just goes ahead and does it anyway, because she's a modern-day woman, and you can't tell her how to live her fucking life. Also, reporters are scum, and they will not take off the record seriously. You can't trust the fake news media. Dude, seriously, you've got to let that one interview go. All right. You really, I, I keep telling you that didn't actually happen. You were being interviewed by an inanimate object and you're still getting mad about it. I really should have taken the medication as directed. Yes. Yeah. You, you really over medicate sometimes. You should listen to your doctor. Anyway. Uh, so the young lady, she goes around, she starts taking pictures and she feels like a uh, sense she's being followed. Uh, you, you get the sense you don't see anything, but you see a greater sense of panic on her face. Also, also the score changes. So you automatically yeah. assume that something wrong. As yeah. she runs to her car, over a spear is thrown into the tire. She runs away and trips and falls down, as you do in a horror movie. As she looks, she seemingly is attacked and screams. I actually kind of like that they started the movie out like that, so you don't know what this um, horrifying thing is yet. You're just watching the reporter's face and how terrified she is, so it, I think it, it's a good way to build up suspense it's, and get, the, uh, get you engaged in the movie from the get-go. It's very disorienting, which is cool when you're watching yeah. a movie because you're just getting over the fact if you're a normal human being that a baby was just murdered by its father. And if you're court, you're just finishing masturbating to it. <laughs> so, oh, no, 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 no. I, I, it was like instant. Oh, yeah. You just like, I mean, he's already coming down from one orgasm. And now here's a woman ready for his life. Court's already building to a second orgasm. And he's not hydrated enough for this. We all know that. When I watch movies like this, it is very tantric for me. I don't even have to touch <laughs> <Just> myself. <laughs> I mean, seriously, a baby 
baby gets stabbed and I come like that. (laughs) That's a clip. Holy (laughs) shit. That's awesome. That's the best clip ever. You're welcome, Matt. Dude, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm fucking proud of that one. (laughs) (laughs) There there are a few where we were like, fuck it, I love that one. Uh, Anyway, so we, after the title sequence, we cut to a bus full of tourists. The driver's eating a greasy chicken leg while driving around, so this guy's all of a sudden my new hero. Um, He needs to complain about his heartburn and uh, how he's got indigestion yeah. and like burp every five seconds while he's talking. And he'd be me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not John Belushi-ing enough for me in this. Yeah, not yet, but... Mm-hmm. I do appreciate the fact that he has a constant meat sweat, though. Yeah, he yes, does. he does. He does in this movie. Yeah, he's eating all the time. They call that the protein glow. It's hard to get, but once you're, <laughs> once you're there and your chest hurts constantly, it's so worth it. Also, like, I was really impressed that he was eating a chicken wing and driving, because, like, I mean, with how sloppy he was eating, like, I'm surprised he didn't just, like, run off the side of the road and then the movie didn't just end there. And the road that they're driving on, especially that shot that they first established, the bus driving across that cliff that just is, like, a ledge that's just enough for the bus to This guy has no fear. Yeah, but, like, he's really adept at moving that bus around with one hand while he's driving and the other one's, like, eating a chicken wing. I'll tell you, it's the grease that saves everyone. No one really knows that. That's how he's able to slick around the steering wheel and not fall directly off the cliff. Okay, when you say the grease, is it the grease extruding from his meat sweats or is it the grease from the chicken bones? Yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, the road appears to be blocked, so they, of course, ask the creepy dude on the side of the road next to a burning bush, because obviously that's what you do. About- yeah. well, well, it's not a burning bush. He's burning shrubbery that he's clearly chopped down. Okay. This yeah, is a but- guy who's taking care of the roadway. Okay, but you gotta that's admit true. he looks creepy as yeah, shit. Yeah, I will say, he he looks very, very creepy, has a creepy smile, and he's just standing there like a creep, staring at this burning shrubbery like as if he's just like definitely enjoying watching something die which is like living vegetation at one point there are some parts in this movie that make me laugh because I love old horror movies and I love old horror movie cliches and I this movie is not short of some cliches some moments that are a little laughable but I mean if you appreciate old horror movies you're gonna appreciate stuff like this I was like when did John Waters shave off the mustache I thought that was weird oh come on John Waters is much better looking than this guy that's very true they're asking the creepy dude how to get to their destination, and he said there's a ferry, but it will they won't get to the ferry in time, and they'll have to stay the night. Yeah, it stops at, like, the dark or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it stops and it's at almo- dusk. And it's almost time for dusk yeah. to happen, and the road that they would get there is, like, they'd have to detour, so they're definitely not going to make it. Yeah. He's like, oh, is there a hotel nearby? And then uh, he's like, oh, well, there's this castle if you go back through the village. And, this, I mean, the dude is so creepy, who can just obviously tell, like, yeah, I mean, normal people people would be like, oh, that's a terrible idea. But they're like, yeah, that's fantastic. Let's all go on our merry way to this castle. So... Hey, Ebeth. Hey, hey, Ebeth in court. The crypt keeper over there is telling us to go back to the scary looking castle for the night. Wait, Kelly and Conway? (laughs) Yeah, no, we're not listening to her. That's so much worse than the crypt. I definitely listened to the crypt keeper before I listened to her. I'm pretty sure that the crypt keeper is going to give me accommodations I can trust. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, okay. The guy is creepy. I will give you that. He does have a very creepy vibe. But in the defense of the people in the bus, he's very far back and they can't see him like we can. True, true. He's behind yeah. a fire and they can't see him like we can. Yeah. He's very polite. He gives them very succinct answers and he's very helpful. Now, while he is a harbinger to us, the people in the bus can't see him. They can't tell how creepy he's being. He just looks like a field hand who's burning some stuff or doing something like that alongside the road. And he offers them basically the information about the castle. And in this time frame and in these like European countries, many aristocracy would actually do a thing where they would open up their home and rent out rooms like this to wary travelers to bring in extra money. It was a common thing that happened for decades. And you're totally... Oh, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you're so totally there's... right. It, it's not like he was sending them, you know, like you'd really be scared if he was like, yeah, there's a Motel 8 up the street. Then you wouldn't want to listen to him. But he's offered a scary listen, castle. There's not really a motel around, but there's this old asylum for clowns. <laughs> they take guests every now and then. And I'll tell you what, it's a scream. Or there's I'm a, not going there. No, or, or there's a Motel 8. Scary clown asylum. I'll go to the scary, scary clowns. Clown yeah, we got to go to the scary, scary clowns. Clown. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Holy fuck, a Motel 8. That guy was creepy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. And they're like, we'll leave the lights on for you. Like, ah, why? Why the lights no, on? I'll leave the lights on for <laughs> to you. See the, to see the bed bugs crawling right, up on me. Right, and the cockroaches and everything else grows. Allegedly. Yes. <laughs> we got to add in allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> well, unless you have firsthand knowledge of it and have experienced it. I've stayed at a Motel 8, and I can tell you, it's not allegedly. No. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. Now, so it's actually pretty common practice for royals, aristocracy, yeah. to, to rent out castles, all of that kind of stuff. So it's really not that... Get a little extra cash. Right. And so everything that he's suggesting in the context of the film is actually not all that bizarre. Now, it sends up all kinds of warning flags to us because we've seen this in movies in several different variations. We know you don't go to the castle in Europe. No. You never stay at the castle in Europe. But no. in 1971, people may not have known while on a tour bus that can't get the ferry that they need to get to where they need to go that you don't stay in the castle because it was pretty common to go stay in the castles. Yeah. If they didn't go stay in the castles, we wouldn't have gotten the movies that we've gotten that have taught us not to go stay in the castles. Exactly. Some of them are good castles. Some of them are filled with lesbian vampires who want to have sex with you and then turn you into a vampire. That's a good castle. That's the best kind of castle. And by lesbian vampires, I mean bisexual because they're lesbians with each other, yeah, but then be- they have sex with you. Yeah, because if they're just lesbian vampires, then that's not so good for you because you're just sitting there going, I, I'm, I'm going to go. Depends, Sorry for disturbing you it guys. It depends upon how much of exhibitionists they are. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But they still won't turn you because, I mean, they're lesbian vampires. Why would they want to put their teeth in man meat? Clip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, but it better be one. <laughs> All right, back to the notes. All right, so the reporter is found, and she was not murdered in a sense, but it seems that she was scared to death and had a heart attack. So, ooh. Uh, at one point, uh, they check her body, and they see that she has the mark of the devil, which is like a little hoof mark. It's and, sort of. It looks like it could be a hoof mark, but also devil horns coming off of like a goat head kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, a weird, it's almost def- like twofold. I didn't know how to describe it either, but yeah, it definitely looked like either like it was a hoof mark or what was the hoof mark was like horn yeah yeah it, it almost it looked it was, it was kind of like a brown color too like yeah. as if you were burned like yeah you know yeah or is and that some, embarrassing birthmark you just don't want your friends to see and in yeah and the, the uh the actual <laughs> the actual blu-ray print um i know that you guys saw like a little bit of a compressed ripped version surprise i ripped it for them to watch it uh but the actual blu-ray the uncompressed version of it you can actually see that the, the some of the skin's a little bit boiled and like oh, bubbly nice as if it actually did get burned into place from yeah. that. And I thought it looked like a lobster claw 
Wawa until they said the Devil's yes. Mark, and I'm like, and, and so it like did the, look, the, yes, the first time that's I watched the best it, like, way to describe it. It I'm looks like, like a lobster. Claw. I'm like, how the fuck is the lobster claw the Devil's Mark? <laughs> and not for nothing, but for the nerd in me, it looked like the symbol of the Borg. A little bit, yeah. It looked like the symbol from the Star Trek: The Next Generation, like the symbol of the Borg. Plus years before the Borg, yeah, was yeah, ever that looked of, like yeah. the symbol of the Borg. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, one person states that that is the mark of the devil, and that the succubus has come back to the castle. So, is it the mark of the devil, or is it the mark of the succubus? Because it they seems say mark like, of the devil. Yeah. yeah, they say devil. And then but... that the succubus has returned to the castle. So, spoiler alert! Thanks, guys, for ruining the whole movie. The group gets to the castle. Um, as uh, two of the young ladies are walking out, one is almost hit by part of the castle falling, and another sees a, a like a toad just sitting there. Um, this guy toads can- are a symbol of death. Okay, in a lot of cases. So there's an ominous thing because I didn't a, know that. It's a gar- I did not know that either. A gargoyle's face falls from the facade of yeah. the castle. That I knew and could gar- be good. The gargoyle's face is kind of a demonic thing, but gargoyles yeah. are also supposed to be something that would ward off evil. That's why they put them on churches. Yeah, and that's why they look like scary. That. Is that it's supposed to ward off bad spirits? So if a piece of the facade, which is a gargoyle, breaks off, that means that evil has arrived at the castle and the protection is broken. Yeah, symbolically speaking, or that's how I look at it. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> a perfect way to look and at that. And then when the, the toad appears in front of all of them before they can even cross the threshold. marked for death. That they are, in fact, marked for death by this evil that has broken the protections of the castle. Um, a guy walks up, tries to help the young ladies, uh, but will not help his wife with the luggage. If by help you mean hit on, then yes, that's exactly what he's trying that's to do. That's what yeah. I was saying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was being a scumbag. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, he's just being a typical dude. Yeah. So a scumbag. I mean, that's what I said. Yeah. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not arguing with you. I'm yeah. augmenting what you were saying. Oh. Because well. you're making it sound like not all dudes are scumbags. Oh, I'm sorry. Whenever I say scumbag, I just mean dude. Right, but I need to say for the audience that all dudes are scumbags. And just know Clip. this. Uh, yeah. And I know this is true because I've observed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I like how, you know, just this door just opens up by itself. And the, the tourists acknowledge this. They're like, oh, this door just opened and no one opened it. it it's like it was like a ghost or it just had a mind of its own. But they're like, hey. Hey, you know what? We're here, so let's just walk on into this like, castle. They're like, hey, oh, that you, was weird, but you, sure, you, here we go. Flaw the law. And one of us like, have you seen anybody? No. I mean, <laughs> one of the one of the women even actually comments, like the first one that goes up, the one that I think is supposed to represent lust. She, when she's walking up to the door, before she can even knock on the door, the door opens up, and then the facade falls. Yeah. So it's yes. literally like, come into this cursed place. Is yeah. what the, the, yes. the symbolism yes. of that? Yeah. Yeah. And then they all walk in with their luggage. Yeah. And- As they're kind of looking around, a butler appears. And we see this butler is the same man who was the aide to the Baron when his daughter was born. We also see at the very top of the stairs a older woman looking very unhappy that they're here. So uh, this is like supposed to take place in the 70s, and the original scene we saw was in 1945. Yes. So this is 30-ish years and later. This aide has aged a fucking day, man. Well, he looked old as fuck beforehand, but yeah. the Baron definitely looks older. Yeah. So mm-hmm. all of these are the same people from earlier. From 1945. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And most I likely the, the older woman at the top of the stairs is probably the nurse. Yeah, I, yeah. that's what yeah. I understood too, is that she was the nurse that helped deliver the, the baby. Yeah, they're all the, the the original three there. Yeah, but they actually try to play it off like they are descendants, but it wasn't that long ago. And then they also try to play it off that whatever this curse was goes back before them. Yeah. But my thought is essentially they're all immortal, right? That's part of the deal and the curse. I don't know if they're immortal or not, because okay, that's well, going to get argued 
interviewed here we'll, we'll later save on. save this for the final thought. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Uh, the butler states that he was called by a woman uh, telling them that these people were going to arrive and all the rooms are ready. So there's already a, a weird thing going on there. Yeah, like why would a woman be allowed to make a call in 1971 without her husband or someone else, like her father? <laughs> you have a bus full of people coming. Also, like what kind of nosy people are in that village? Like some lady like, I saw this bus drive by and it's going out to the castle. You've just described every village in 1971. <laughs> Particularly in Europe. Yeah, I mean, nothing. I mean, clearly it's some old retired lady who has too many cats and not enough to do. I resent that because I resemble that except for the lady part in retired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. holding But he to... wishes on both of those. <laughs> not the lady part, just oh, the retired. Yeah, 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 you don't want to be a lady living in America. It's not good for you No, here. of course not. All men are fucking scumbags. Yeah, no kidding. True. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, we're we're joking around and we're playing around with this, but very clearly it is the succubus that has yes. returned to the castle. Mm-hmm. There are supernatural forces pushing these people towards the castle, and that's why they need to have now, the rooms prepared. Unfortunately, a storm is beginning. So outside, so it's not like these people, even if they got wise enough, going, well, who would have called in front of us? Well, let's get the fuck out of here. Well, now the storm's here, and there's no way that riggedy van is going to make it anywhere in this weather that's coming. Also, exactly. once you see the actual road, there, you're going to notice that it's going to fucking wash out when there's a rainstorm. There's yeah. no way around that. Yeah, True. there is no way around it. Um, he all shows he shows them all to their rooms, some of them having very interesting stories, and that is our first clip. This is your home, Father. Sorry, I'm not yet a priest. I'm studying theology at the seminary. Oh, please, don't put your suitcase there. Why not? Look at that mark in front of the fireplace. It dates back to the 8th of December, 1575. The day that Erika von Romberg plunged a knife into a monk who was exorcising her. Erika disappeared, leaving this mark of the devil. Exorcising her? What for? On account of the family curse. Baron von Romberg will explain it, maybe, if he thinks it necessary. I must go now. Mr. and Mrs. Foster, this is your home. What on earth is that? Sometimes pigeons fall down the castle chimneys. It's really nothing unusual. Maybe not. Do admit that finding a wounded bird in your room is a strange welcome. But this room has other qualities. In 1436, it was here that Prince and Princess von Hart had their throats cut while they were sleeping. Their throats cut? Yes, madame. But that was in 1436. Will you excuse me? He's mad. This is your room, Mr. Ducard. And this is yours, Mr. Mason. I can't stand stuffy rooms. Don't you ever air it out? It's impossible, sir. Why is it impossible? The window is sealed shut. Sealed shut? Yes, sir. After the accident that inexplicably cost the life of Ulrich von Rundberg in 1738. That's enough of your gruesome stories. Get out! Scoot! I'll never be able to sleep all alone in this castle. Shall we share a room? I have just the room for you. Yes, they, they they should share a room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love how the, the the woman who represents lust is like, yeah, let's share a room. I'm like, clearly she'll lust after guys, girls, all of it. But, yeah, um, she's she's cool. I dig yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. yeah, honestly, I did like like her character a lot, too. Um, but yeah, I just, another thing I love about old horror movies is just the way that they tell stories. And I love how they just, this butler comes in, shows each one to their rooms, then tells someone, oh, yeah, by 
by the way, this is a horrific death that's happened in this room. Tons of horrific shits happened in this castle. Yeah. Let like me the, tell you about it. It's almost like the butler gets off on telling people these horrible things that have yeah. happened in this place. Like, he really digs telling those stories. <laughs> yeah, he probably like he, does. Like, his face is really serious, too, but, like, deep down inside, he's like, oh, yeah, like, he he enjoys telling people, and then that, you know, the guy represents anger. is like, oh, get out of here, like, whatever. It's really weird, because when you first see the people showing up on the front door, you think mm. that the one guy's wife, who wants help with the bags, the way that she's acting, I'm like, okay, is she envy or is she wrath? Because she's like both. Yeah. But then I started realizing, like, they don't all represent an individual deadly sin. They Some of all them do. have sins in them, like yeah. multiple ones. Yeah, but the point is, is that they are all so, like, deadly sin ridden. Yeah. And it switches back and forth that the the main point is catching them in the right um, deadly sin in order to seal this, like, ritual working that this subcampus is trying to do. Or, mm-hmm. or it was just a convenient busload of sin that she detected and she can feed on. Well, I think they were all destined to be here. This whole entire thing is, like, just a convergence of fate and, and these spiritual powers that exist in this film. But the longest time, a lot of people spend trying to figure out which person represents which sin. And the thing that I like about this film, for me personally, is while there are some that very clearly indulge in a specific sin, they all kind of cross and go back and forth between these various sins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see it on screen, so like they don't, they're not all just one-note characters. They're still complex human beings. It's just that some of them have a vice more than others. Like, the one who represents lust is solidly lust. Yeah. yeah. But the guy who represents wrath also has a lot of pride in a couple of other moments like that, He has too. a lot mm-hmm. of pride. Right. And then, you know, you, you and do... And you s- see his pride get taken down a few times, and then he reacts with wrath. Right. So, basically, what ends up happening is b- the interaction between the group of them all being locked in this place, they all just can kind of end up falling into the right positions to be that specific sin that they represent for their untimely demise for whatever this ritual working is supposed to be. Because that's what I get the sense is what's happening. Yeah. That there's something that has to do with this castle, with moving this curse further along and all of that. And each of these pieces are part of like, not necessarily a sacrifice, but like has to be representative of what needs to be there for this to take place. Yep. Uh, We cut to the Baron is working in his alchemy lab. And then we cut to the driver unpacking. He he opens up a suitcase. He has tons of sausages in there. Well, yeah, he's supposed to represent gluttony. gluttony, But I mean, holy shit, dude, just sell it it down. Wouldn't you get food poisoning? Like, that's not like a very safe way. Anyways, I don't know. It depends. (laughs) Some some of the sausages, the way that they made them, they packed them so much with uh, salt and other things. Especially back then and across the pond like that. Yeah. The way they make meat, it's to survive sitting out because it's not like they had refrigeration systems just easily to get to. Not even in the early 1970s. And a lot of times they'll sell these sausages on carts, like on the side of roads and everything. So they have to be made to withstand that kind of heat and uh, and elements. Part of the reason that sausages were invented the way that they were is to be able to encase a delicious meat and make it last. It's part of the reason why they were developed that way. So they would salt the meats and they would basically have like salted pork or whatever, salted beef or whatever it would be inside of the Lips and assholes. Right. But whatever it is, the meats are salted in such a way and salted meats actually last for a very long time. It's like beef jerky or hardtack. Yeah. 
okay. so they're not like sausages like we know them now, which are basically brats. Yes. Like your your actual mm-hmm. sausages, like what he has there, are more like a, a pepperoni stick or whatever. Yeah, it's very much more out. solid. Instead yeah. of ground meat inside of a case, it's almost solid. Yeah, it, okay. w- it would be like a pepperoni yeah. or a salami or something that could actually sit out and mm-hmm. not a have summer to be refrigerated. Sausage. Yeah, so things that could sit out and, and th- they're just designed that way. Yeah. I'm glad we could dedicate a good portion of this show to talking about packaged meat that was filled with a salty substance. Welcome to Meat and Meat Casings with Court, Matt, and Ebeth. Well, <laughs> Matt is all about grilling and barbecuing mm-hmm. and smoking meats. Yeah, I mean, I'm I've seen this it... man smoke more meat than any other person possibly should outside of a gay club. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Oh my gosh. I was just trying to get there. Get it there? Yeah. yeah. Well done. I'm just right. jealous that I wasn't one of the meats you smoked, both literally and uh, figuratively. figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> Who would yeah. I serve you to? I don't know, but the cookbook you're going to have to make me under is to serve man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, the uh, two young ladies uh, sharing a room, their names, the brunette is Corinne and the blonde is uh, Regine. I think so. Yeah, Regine. Um, they, I'm uh, a scumbag. I didn't learn their names. I just lusted after them the whole well, time they're on screen. Here we begin- Honestly, I just know them by their sin, like lust and sloth. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're just lounging about in their underwear uh, with the blonde not really wanting to wake up from her nap. And um, thank you, movie. Yeah, thank you, movie. Um, Corinne is trying to let her know that it's time to get up and is caressing her body while Rajid is still kind of sleeping. Thank you, movie. <laughs> and I'm already like, okay, so a baby just got murdered, uh-huh. and now two half-naked women are caressing each other. Who uh, represent very deadly sins. I'll take things things court masturbates to for 500, Alex. Again, tantrum. <laughs> Didn't even have to do it. Yeah. Well, I like how there's like that one part, too, where the lazy one is taking a bath and she's so lazy she can't even like use the soap so the yeah. lust one comes over and puts soap on her so i was yeah. just getting to that so anyway the, the yeah. blonde one comes out and she is now topless describe it slowly well she first of all gets no, no, up wait, just get it over with That's just, <laughs> something about you describing it makes E-Bess. it not sexy it, anymore well, and also e-best you know, so we, <laughs> yeah. we don't want to be that creepy yeah, uh, let's go back to talking about sausages <laughs> Anyway, um, so the blonde kind of gets up. She then the, the brunette helps her out of her bra. Uh, she gets in the bath, and the brunette is watching her in the bath, and then says, "Thank you, movie, to all of this." She says, "You better let me help you, or else we'll be late for dinner." Because I mean, Ebeth is right. The blonde is barely moving, and I'm like, "Is she stoned out of her gourd? <laughs> right? What is going on?" Did she man? take a Xanax? No one is that tired. <laughs> No one. Except for Matt whenever he has to do his own clips. But I'm fat and lazy. That's very different. She is very in shape. There's no way you stay in that kind of shape and be that fucking lazy. She's apparently too lazy to even eat, which is why she's in that shape. I guess. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the then the uh, brunette starts uh, well, washing her. Uh, we then cut to the husband, whose name is Howard, and the wife, whose name is Nancy. They are arguing. The wife is accusing him of flirting with the brunette, which he obviously was, and only being interested in her for her money. And now we start to see Nancy's is greed. Yeah, I was I thinking she Howard's was wrath. Was, yeah, I think, I thought Nancy was envy because she's she got jealous of her greedy husband going after her money, her greedy husband going after other women, and she was jealous of it. She was jealous that he didn't only want her. I can say this, I think this is going to be one of those moments where she's a couple. Nancy, I think Nancy yeah. and Howard yeah. are both a couple. I think Howard's lust and greed, and I think Nancy is 
greed and, and jealousy and yeah. envy. Yeah. 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 She's both. Because now and, she's envy of the young ladies, mm-hmm. but she constantly, more than Howard does, brings up money. And we'll hear it coming up here. I think she's That's primarily true. focused on greed, but because yeah. she is greedy, that makes her envious whenever her greed is um, questioned or challenged. Part of that greed is the greed of her husband. Yeah. You know, and, and so, like, these kind of, the sins are a bunch of horseshit anyway, but, like, the idea of what they represent and, like, personality traits or personality flaws, if you're an extremely greedy person, one of the things that you do is covet, yes. and you end up coveting everything, and therefore you become envious of things that you can't have. Yeah. And obviously she is covetous or envious of these women's youth, mm-hmm. because she is mm-hmm. greedy for that kind yeah. of thing as well. And I just want to point out, too, she is changing while she is arguing with Yeah, him. and she's got nothing to be envious right. of. And I, what, what I'm basically getting at here is based solely upon a visual look once and down as she's talking, what the fuck is her husband doing looking at two hamburgers? Yeah, right? I mean, he's got a, he got a steak right there. Maybe I'm just a week for brunettes because no one is shocked to hear that. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that that's, like, goes for me. I found her significantly more attractive than either of those two. I did as well. Maybe it's also because she's very pushy and does a lot of yelling. Yeah, being married's fun. Uh- <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying you have a very, you have a very specific type, Matt. I do. Yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah. You're um, going to learn a little too much about us here. Oh my gosh. No, that's funny. Yes, because I know both of your wives. And and like so much is making sense right now. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, where were we again? Ooh. Uh, Um, I was all flummoxed thinking about that rich lady and uh, how good she looked while she was changing. Yeah, right? Yeah. 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 They're arguing. And then then the next scene. The next scene is uh, more uh, hot lesbian action on the bed. Thank you, movie. And almost fuck you for cutting away from this because goddamn movie. I know, right? But they they you get a, a good long look at 1971. this. 1971. Yeah. Belgian Italian co-production. Awesome. They're not they're not shy. No. Uh anyway, we finally come to dinner time. Whew. That's because <laughs> somebody finally came in that last scene that you forgot to mention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that she wasn't even more exhausted after actually having an orgasm. Right? You think she? How was she going to make it into bed <laughs> or to, to, to dinner? I mean, she couldn't before the sex. <laughs> Unless the sex was so good, it made her gluttonous, and she had to eat something. Yeah, she's like, "I'll finally eat something." Fine. <laughs> oh, it probably got some ketosis going in her yeah, body yeah. that like yeah, right. some ketones in that like triggered that su- survival mechanism of "I need to go eat." Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Or maybe literally, lust just wouldn't stop molesting her. So just out of the pure drive of stop touching me. <laughs> <laughs> she got just, up. I'm way too sensitive. Let's go fucking eat. Is this kind of technically sexual assault, though? Because, like, Sloth yeah. isn't really fighting she, her off, but she's not really consenting. She's just kind of letting it happen. Well, she is kissing her. She's actively participating on the bed. Yeah, but uh, it's that's not enthusiastic was, consent for a lot of it, though. It feels like I, I think it, it feels like a ton of no's and I then finally like, a yes. <laughs> yeah, like, Which, I mean, yes. It, 52 no's and one yes is a yes. Is that what but, you're saying? Yeah, but that's not how it should work. It's, that's not how it should be. I mean, I'm going to give the movie leeway because it's 1971. Yeah. And it wasn't aggressive and it wasn't violent. Yeah. But you know me and I have a problem with his type of quote unquote seducing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing where it's like. I had a problem with her in the bath because it seems like uh, the blonde's just trying to like constantly get away from the brunette. The brunette just following her. Follows her. Yeah. Let's stay in the same room. Yeah, definitely like some. I mean. Stalking 
going Lust, on there? Lust was like a really sinful lust. Like she was yeah. not a good person. Yeah, no, she was not, and she yeah. proves particularly it the more yeah, she talks. Proves, yeah, particularly, particularly in this. she follows, makes him stay in the same room. Yeah, watches the the blonde while she's sleeping while they're both in their underwear. Yeah, which is creepy. Yeah, then tells the blonde she's going to help her undress. Then when the blood's trying to just take a bath and pee, she sits there watching her, and then insists on helping her wash because they'll never make it but to honestly, dinner. At time. Like, but honestly, like the blonde she was is so. Gaslighting everything, yeah, but the the blonde was so lazy. She like really seemed indifferent. Like she just. And I don't also, know. she seemed indifference to, is not consent. Though. In bed, here's That's the thing. True. And here's one thing I also say though. In bed, she seems like she was very enjoying it. While other people are multiple things, she could be sloth and then lust after sloth. So she could just enjoy, she okay. could just very much be you're, like, listen, you're gonna just have to do all the work. I'm not gonna reciprocate anything. There you go. That's a clip. Yeah, it has to be. So <laughs> what you're saying is that essentially the blonde woman's sexual style is very much like Jabba the Hutt. Yes. Where she just lays there and makes everybody else do the work for her. Yes. She's she's us, Court. She's us. Oh no, I'm the one that does all the work. (laughs) When we have sex. I need to modify that or I'm a dead man. <laughs> you will be. I was like, I was like, I was like you, you better get to the joke, man, because she'll sense that shit. <laughs> Thank the great God atheism. My wife doesn't listen to the show. Yeah. She's not on. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, now we've kindly come to dinner time uh, and we talk of the Baron's family curse in our next clip. Hey, Baron, won't you tell us about your family curse? We've heard so much about it. If you insist. But I don't want to spoil your appetites. Don't you worry about mine. When I'm hungry, I'd even eat with the devil. I was just about to refer to him. In the 12th century, my ancestor, Siegfried von Rumberg, is said to have signed a pact with the devil. You mean your ancestor sold his soul to the devil? In exchange for his services, besides Siegfried's soul, Satan demanded that the eldest daughter of each generation of our family be in his service, that she become a succubus. What is a succubus? Oh, a kind of vampire, I think. You're mistaken, Mr. Mason. They give the name of succubus to demons that adopt feminine appearance in order to seduce man and lead him to perdition. It's not at all necessary to be a succubus. Everyone knows women do that quite naturally. Personally, I I don't believe in things like that. Huh? Me neither. Do you deny the existence of the devil? I don't believe in vampires or succubuses. I'm an atheist, thank God for that. But unfortunately, events have given credence to the idea that the girls of our family were all succubuses. All my ancestors were victims of violent death. Do you have a daughter, Baron? After she asks that, the Baron shakes his head solemnly. No. Yeah, but he has a no daughter for the best fucking reason ever. And what reason is that? He stabbed a baby. He stabbed the baby. I, I know. I just wanted him to say it out loud because oh. he's disgusting. He stabbed a baby, and I came instantly. Clip. Clip. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! Uh, uh, a beautiful woman comes to the castle. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! No, 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 no! Oh, did, did I yeah. not do it justice? Yeah. Please. Okay, let me. I want you to yeah. go Can ahead. Can I step in? Can I step in? Okay, it's not... This is Erica Blanc comes to the castle. Like, if you are horror movie fans and you know this woman, like, she is gorgeous. Like, I'm straight, but, I mean, this girl would make me question my sexuality. She is beautiful. And it's not just her look. Like, the way that she carries herself, it's just, like, she knows it, but she doesn't flaunt it. She's almost like a classy type of beautiful, but also, like, a mysterious type of beautiful. Alluring. Yeah, she's, like, very alluring. And she kind 
comes and you're just like, you know, it's like, oh, this is this is not good that she showed up. But you're like so drawn in to how beautiful she is. Like, I know how you're evil, you... but yeah. you're so pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's like a moth to a flame. And exactly. It, that's yeah. It's yeah. like a moth to a flame. You just can't look away. And oh, my gosh, for this this movie. Yes, she was the perfect person to cast for this role. So, yeah, when she comes in, I'll let you just describe the rest. Well, her, but her, yeah. Her <laughs> So what you're are, saying is you would be the blonde in the bathtub. You would just go ahead and let her do yeah, whatever she I'd needed. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, sure. <laughs> well, her features are so striking, and she is such a unique beauty because there are not very many women that have the facial features that she has, the cheekbones that she has, and the way that her face just kind of comes to an angular point, like with the mm-hmm. jaw. It's very just, it feels supernatural. Like, she does not feel like she should be even human. No. And yet she's very much a very beautiful woman woman at the same time, but it's almost to the point where it feels like she's an otherworldly creature without any makeup having to make her look that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you add on top of that, just as Ebeth had said, the way that she carries herself. Yes, the way she moves. The way that she walks and everything, it also feels very supernatural, and she does have that feel to her. It's just this very otherworldly, striking presence, and they literally don't have to do anything more than just hire this actress to get that. Yeah. Because yes. that's basically the roles that she has had. I mean, she just walks on camera and you're like, where the hell did she come from? You're, yeah, you're yeah. Just, I mean, when that door opens and there she is, you're just like, like damn. It's, it's like, the, <laughs> hi, ma'am. How are you? <laughs> it's, it's like the line that Marv says as he kills the priest when um, the guy asks uh, if uh, that corpse of a slut was worth dying for. Uh-huh. He says worth killing for with each shot as he shoots the priest in the face. Worth killing for, worth dying for, worth going to hell for. What's this from? Sin City. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Like when he's trying to get revenge yeah. for what happened to Goldie. Yeah. Um, basically, like, when I see Erica Blanc, that is the perfect, like, especially when she walks up on camera in this scene. And she's not even dressed that provocatively. You no. Know? And actually, I like that throughout the whole movie. I mean, there there is, like, some outfits that are, there are some outfits that are, you know, definitely more revealing. But it's not overly revealing. Like, the way I see it is, um, as, as a female who's a fan of these types of movies, I do get a little burnt out on how overly sexualized women can be. And I guess it's not just in horror movies. It can be in action movies and in other types of movies too where it's just um, the sexuality is obnoxious but in this movie her sexuality is you know I'll go back to using the word classy it's like a classy sexy and um, you know there's more to her than just being a sexual person like you can just tell like she's also sly like in the way that uh, you know she she carries herself like you can tell that there's some intelligence there's there's more to this character than just her being sexy it's um she's just she's very beautiful you see in her, it makes you go through puberty again because your voice breaks. Hi, <laughs> oh, Mrs. Blog, how are you? <laughs> no, what I was going to say is um, she's not objectified in this. Exactly. She doesn't yes. do she's, no. she's not objectified. She's, especially um, when she first walks in, the, the outfit that she's wearing is like this dress like coat thing that buttons all the way down. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it, it's unbuttoned in such a fashion to where it almost becomes like a very short mini skirt with like a coat around the sides. She has the power here. That's why yes. it's like, yeah. she's not objectified because the room, whatever room she's in, she has all the power of that room. Yeah, and it has, it goes back to a lot of, um, I hate to use this as kind of a reference, but uh, in Anton LaVey's book about the, I think the, the sexual witch or something like that, or, or something like that, I can't remember what it was, it was like supposed to be like a hand guide on how to be female and a witch, which, why is a man writing that in the first place, but whatever. Yeah, it sounds like mansplaining. <laughs> kind of. 
<laughs> Clearly, you know a lot about Anton LaVey because I think that was kind of his whole career. Um, <laughs> but one of the one of the things that he kind of talks about is like using sexuality for a woman as a weapon because you can use it to disarm, you can use it to manipulate and all of these other kinds of things. And one of the ways of doing that is by being striking and all of that stuff. So like the tenement things that he's trying to teach here, he very clearly picked up and learned from this movie and the way Erica Blanc walks on screen. Like it's that same kind of idea for me. And yeah, that's why I brought it up. It, I mean, yeah, uh, that's it's, she's she's something. Um, We're just saying all three of us would do her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're just saying all three of us would let her do us. I mean, we would just, you know, yeah, I, would presu- Clara- I would presume to know what she would want. So I would just like lay there and just be like, you know, just, just tell me what's going on. And I'd I'll stab do a baby for her. <laughs> I, Clip. All right, anyway, <laughs> the older woman answers the door, Martha, and she is very unhappy that the, this lady is here. She says that she had promised never to come back here again. At this point, the young lady states that she that, that she can't send her back out in this weather and the storm. Uh, she needs to be let back in. Uh, Martha states there are no rooms, but the butler shows up and says there is one left. He walks her to a phone line. She wants to make a phone call, and she states that her name is Lisa. She's thrown into the phone, but the line seems to be down due to the storm. Uh, we see like there's roses on the table, and when she gets up from trying the phone, the roses are now black. Yeah, that was a nice subtle That's thing. That's a nice little subtle cool. thing. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, she uh, she shows up to dinner in, in what I would call a very revealing dress, but I am a fan. It's also not a dress. It's it's oh yeah, it's a bodysuit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like yeah, but it's, well, like I'm a t- fan. The top half of it is like a bodysuit, but it's connected the, to the. The, the bottoms are like pants that go over top of it. Yeah. But it's a whole outfit, but like when the pants come off, it's still a bodysuit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it yeah, kind of yeah, reminds yeah. me of like a one piece swimsuit, except for there's like, it's, there's you can nothing, see her. The stomach's open. But yeah. what I like, it's like the stomach's open. You see her stomach, but like you don't see cleavage. No. Nope. Like, I mean, yeah. Which not is, from the bottom part. There's not like Not from the bottom part. Yet. Like, but you know, like some, some of these horror movies, it's like they try to like give these women like huge padded bras and make like their boob squish together. And that's not it. Like, it's just you see her stomach so you can see that, you know, she's um, has a nice body, but still enough is hidden to where I, for me, I liked it because it wasn't again, it wasn't over sexual. It was still sexy, but I thought in a way still classy. And also just the way that she carried herself in the room. It's like, yeah, you could tell like she had the power, like all eyes on her. Well, yeah. And the thing that was funny about it, too, that for me, when I see her walking in in that room, everybody stops and turns Everyone and stops. stares. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, that's right. Fucking take it all in. Like she's like loving having all of these like the the fact that she has this very striking appearance and then she has this very sensual outfit that is not overtly sexual but reveals enough of her body to start tantalizing your imagination. I love that. Like just the way that she looks when she walks in the room and the little smirk that she gives when everybody's looking her up and down. And I mean everybody. Oh yeah, everyone, including me and the camera. Yeah. Thank you, movie, for doing that. Thanks, movie. Yeah. Like the perspective that they do it from, it's really great. And it's it's the fact that she enjoys tantalizing everybody that way and the sensuality that she has with that outfit is just amazing. It just takes over your brain and I can't stop picturing it. So I'm going to shut up and just enjoy that now. Okay. Because this is going to become a different kind of show here in a little bit. I'm good. Bye. All right. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, thank you, movie. Th- thank you, movie. Uh, n- she decides to sit next to the pit priest in training. Uh, anyway. <laughs> the pit. <laughs> That's what I call pit priest in training. Uh, Seminary student. Yeah, pit and training. Yeah. He's not really a full 
old priest till he rapes his first child. Damn. Wow. Uh, accurate. Wah, wah, wah. Fair. <laughs> Nancy wants to see the Baron's lab and is interested in the alchemy and the process of trying to turn lead into gold. Of course she is because she represents greed. Yes. Uh, Howard and Corinne, um, they have a conversation and he asks Corinne, what does she do? And she says she collects men. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> then he bends down to protect to pick something up that he dropped and looks down and whispers to her, even married men. She was like, especially married men. And you're just like, wow, he there literally, you go. He literally is saying, everyone's a shit. No, he's literally saying to her, hey, uh, I'd like to be another notch on your belt if yeah. you know what I'm saying. And I think you do. Hey, you got uh, enough room in that bedpost for another notch? Listen, uh, I haven't gotten a social disease that you have yet. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we turn to Charles Bronson at this one? I'm doing um, uh, Zap Brannigan. Right. Oh, and oh, anytime I do those it kind of sounds like Bronson. Well, and then like the, the girl who represents Lust is just like, she doesn't even need to say anything. Like she's just staring at him. She's like, yeah. yeah. She's like, when, where? I know. Yeah. Like and, she's like, she's so into it. She's like, yeah. Uh, and the wife is uh, definitely taking notice and is not happy as you wouldn't be. Once again, she sort of has a little bit of envy and some wrath yeah. in her here as well. But yeah. I mean, uh, you know, no one's going to be too happy seeing their spouse openly flirting with somebody yeah. else. It's not true. Some people are okay with oh, that. Oh, well, yeah. But I mean, all right, how about this? Not a lot of people would be happy with that. The majority of people. Yeah. yeah the ones who aren't swingers. Yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily swingers, though, because there are well, there's some voyeurs have... out there who and would some, mind yeah, seeing it. Yeah. yeah. And there's some folks that like to be cucked and things like that. I mean, mostly liberal snowflakes, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus Christ, mega. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being facetious. I know. I get it, Fox and but Friends. We're al- fine. Also a clip. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Lisa uh, starts asking, uh, like, she asks uh, people about how they feel about fidelity. Uh, and the insurance company? No. Fidelity to your wife. Oh, I'm a big fan of that. Yes. See, Love you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and she asks Howard, and Howard's like, he doesn't believe in it. Like, of wife, course not. Your wife's right there, man. Can you fucking be cool for, like, five fucking minutes? Yeah, you could say, like, you could just basically do, like, what I'm doing here. Like, oh, no, I very much believe in fidelity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink, know what I mean? A nudge is as good as a wink to a blind man. <laughs> uh, she asked the Pete, uh, she asked our pit uh, how he feels about it, and he says he takes it very seriously because he has a fidelity to God. Oh, fuck you, asshole. Anyway, at this point, the driver is literally stuffing himself, and he just cannot stop eating or drinking. Yeah, yep, he's just a fat boy who needs to keep going. That's offensive as a fat boy. <laughs> yeah, same here. Like I'm that. a fat boy. I'm offended. Also, somebody, I can't stop eating. Can someone please get me a greasy chicken leg. I'm going to need some ice cream for therapeutic purposes. <laughs> I need a triple cheeseburger. All right. Uh, Martha. <laughs> uh, at this point, uh, somebody brings up that Martha does not seem too happy to have all the guests here. The Baron explains that uh, she is very helpful. She was very helpful to his brother for a time. And his brother very cared for, him, cared for her all the way up to his death in the war. Oh, he really cared for her. And oh, was she helpful to him? Yes. Wink, uh, wink, nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Yeah, well, <laughs> Don't ruin the fucking movie. Uh, well, yeah, okay. Anyway, we cut to like a post dinner drinks. Everyone's just kind of lounging about in the study, and Hans uh, keeps talking about how today is the anniversary of the pact that the Baron's ancestors made with the devil, which causes the succubus to be born. That dude just doesn't know how to read a room for conversation. I mean, <laughs> no. I'm like, it's like, all right, dude, you're at a 10. I need you to dial it back to like a 5. This is like me at any normal social gathering that's like of normal people 
Yeah. When I'm just like, so you guys know about Ted Bundy? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like that's how I try to break the ice <laughs> with conversations. Hey, do you guys know that they still don't think they have all the entire body count from Ted Bundy's victims? <laughs> Who knows how many spare parts are lying in some barren ground someplace? Anyway, hi, my name's Court. Oh, <laughs> so, like, Ed Gein made a belt out of nipples, right? Like, <laughs> how did he get them to stay together? Because I don't think that the skin would be very conducive to becoming a belt. I've uh, never thought of that. I'm going to have to leave now, aren't I? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'll show I don't think out. anyone else has ever thought of that either. Well, that's this is where well, I live. Well, apparently Ed Gein did because he literally made a belt out of nipples. So right. Ed ah. Gein and Cord have thought like, about it. Did he stitch them together or did he cut them in such a way to like weave them? Like, I want to see how this belt was made so that I can... Never mind. Have you never, like, Google doesn't know? Um, some of the things were not photographed back in the 50s. Also, what do you, you probably wouldn't want that on your Google search history. Uh, you, you yeah. don't know. Use a VPN, you're yeah, going to be fine. You're going to need a VPN and you're going to need DuckDuckGo for yeah. that type of image search to try and find that sort of thing. And then you should be relatively in the clear. Get on that dark web. Also, get onto a Cox Wi-Fi under Matt's password. <laughs> okay. All right. Perfect. That's nah, fine. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> oh, I've seen your son's search history. It's much weirder. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I can blame him now. So he's 16. And exactly. The cops come looking. I already got some. I got a patsy I can throw underneath the bus. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> right, because he's not going to do hard time. He's going to go to counseling. Yeah, he's going to go juvie. So, okay, so we're in the lounge. Yes. Anyway, uh, Pitt, uh, he's playing uh, Old Man Mason in chess. Uh, we see Old Man Mason trained. Uh, this is where we kind of see his uh, pride uh, come out, where he thinks he's so good at chess. Also, not just him, but also the priest has a little bit of pride going on. He has on. a little bit of pride going oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. The priest was the one who I thought had the pride. Well, the, well and, they kind of both do, because mm-hmm. when the priest, at least is watching, and when the priest beats him the first time, his first reaction is say that Mason's first reaction is say you got lucky. Right. And that's prideful. Well, and that's the, wrathful, too. Yeah. And then the priest responds with, you know, I'm a very good player, and you just didn't pay attention to my queen. Well, I think he also says something about how he's never lost a chess and no one can beat him, too. Like, no, he what he said bit. was later on, what he said his brag was, I've played many players who are much better than Mr. Mason, is yeah. what he said. Yeah. And you're just like, damn, bro. <laughs> all right, dial it back. Weird flex, but all right, man. Sounds good. Well, humility and priesthood don't go hand in hand. Now, yeah, do that. That is a fact. No. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Baron takes Nancy to his lab. She gets a look, and she even sees some gold shavings there. So she's now under the impression that he has now turned lead into gold. She is looking at those gold shavings and that gold dust like her husband was looking at every other woman in this building. Right. You're goddamn right. Yeah. <laughs> Howard asks Corinne to meet him later on. Uh, she says, when and where? Uh, he's saying, behind the spare case, staircase leading up to the attic at midnight. So they're going to plan a rendezvous. I like that it's at midnight. Yeah. There's something kind of inherently sexy about having a tryst at midnight in a castle. After midnight, they're we'll gonna... let it all hang out. Well, he's going to be stuffing things into other things. And... <laughs> at first, they'll be hanging out, and then he'll... And then it'll be buried deep within. Then he's going to put things in other things in focus. Or maybe if she's into it, she's going to start putting things in other things, and maybe he'll dig it. I, I can guarantee she's into putting things in other things. Well, we've seen that much. Yeah. <laughs> And by the way, thank you, movie. 
the blonde young lady decides to head to bed, uh, of course, because she's already tired. She's always fucking tired. Um, the driver decides he's going to go to the van to grab some things he left behind. Um, the Baron shows his, uh, uh, again, the Baron showing off his lab a little bit more, and she does see the gold, and Nancy's fucking into it. So, What's the over and under that the driver is going back to the van? He's for going to get food? a snack, he even says. He yeah. tells, he runs into Nancy. Uh, he runs into Nancy on her way back from seeing the lab, and he says, I was just going to get a snack from the van, but he can't open up the door. And he was telling the, the, everybody else that he was going to get some things. Do they need something? But yeah. he's literally going to get more food. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I after, really, after a I, huge meal like that. I really identified with this character. <laughs> I just wanted yeah. to know, it was like, yeah, it's like he was like stoned the entire time and had like major munchies. I don't know what that's like, so yeah, I can't comment. I get you. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> And fuck you, Matt. (laughs) Uh, Now you just sound like the cocaine I just did. All right. The other men go with the driver to try to help open the the door, but no one can get it open, especially Mr. Mason's the one who's calling the driver an idiot. And he's very prideful here, but at the same time, he's so angry, he could also be wrath. Yes. Exactly. It's it's super confusing. That's why I said they don't represent an individual sin. Yeah. That's the way I They all have multiple sins within them. You're so right about that. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Almost everything that I've ever seen written up about this has been people saying that they all represent just one, but I would argue that they don't. Yeah, and I'm no. glad that we are we have a consensus here. I know the there's some that are one sin particularly more than the rest, yeah, but they like are the, all have multiple like, sins. Like lust is just lust twenty four seven. She's got no room for anything. Yeah, but Corinne more. is just lust. I don't. Yeah. I didn't see any yeah. other sin but lust in her. So as the other men are trying it, Regina is getting ready for bed, and we see blood dripping on her arm causing her to scream. The men and Corinne go to check on her, and they see the blood is coming from the ceiling. This is the most active this sloth lady has been. Yes. Yeah, the scream. scream. But she was so slothful to where she didn't, like, get up and go see where the blood was coming from. She, she just sat there and stared at it. Like, and let it keep dripping on her. Yeah, she, she was so lazy, she just let it keep dripping on her, and she's just, like, stared at it. And the girl who's, like, lust is, like, all like, I'll come to save you. More so, like, harass you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here, let me touch you some more. Yeah, here Clip. let me yeah, the guys, they the like the angry one, he's he's on a mission, the one who's wrath or pride Mason, or whatever. Mason that's like wrath yeah, pride mix, yeah. yeah. He you know, he he gets all worked up because apparently he can't fucking calm down. And he just yeah, they like all like rush up to see where the blood's coming from and And he's constantly having yeah. to find the rational explanation for everything. Yeah. Mason. I really want you guys to stop talking shit about Mason right now because I just identified with him a whole bunch there. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, you should be because I thought of Mason every time, or thought of you every time I saw Mason on the screen. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't think of me every time you saw like Erica Blanc, because then we would have no. some issues. I don't think anyone no, I, did I, that. Yeah, I only thought of Erica Blanc. Fair enough. There you go. <laughs> so they find when they go up there. This is probably the worst part of the movie for Court. They go up there and they find a dead cat. It was the worst part for me too. Yeah, that's horrific. Yeah. Now, yeah. the cat is not dead because it's very clearly breathing and it's sedated. Yeah. So at least we know it's just a you know a fake thing. And I think the effects were definitely fake. Well, that that because... was definitely the paint no, blood. 
blood that you see yeah. from the it 70s. Was, it was, yeah. No, the facts were fake. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't an actual dead cat. Yeah, that was which good. Is, which is actually something um, I'm very happy for because it, it was very clearly alive. There's scenes where the cat yeah. is still breathing. Yeah. But it was impaled in such a way with like through the legs and everything um, to, to cause the blood flow. Yeah. But the blood was all fake and the cat was very clearly sedated. And if you look close enough, the way the fur is on the legs, it looks like the fur may not even been real. Yeah. Like that they just slipped the cat's legs after they oh, I'm sure that cat that was just fine. No, because mm-hmm. seriously, there are plenty of these Euro horror films where they actually do harm oh, animals. Well, of course, but this one was not one. No, and I would be very upset if it were, and uh, we would be talking about it. Yeah. 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 That would be so, a big fuck you movie. Yeah, yeah definitely it would be. But thankfully it wasn't. There you go. Um, while up there, they also see a ton of death devices, a guillotine and a sarcophagus. Because so. those uh, are normal things maiden. that people keep yeah. in attics. Yeah, we can just call it an Iron Maiden. Yeah. I, If I had an attic that was big enough to store an Iron Maiden and a guillotine, I would have both. Yes. Everyone decides to finally go to bed that night, and everyone's locking their doors because everyone can finally start to realize there's something weird going on in this castle. Yeah, it's like, this is the moment. Like, after the cat dies, then it's like the lights go on. Oh, this is a weird place. Maybe we should, like, lock our doors when we go to bed. And they're not even that upset about the cat. It's yeah, more the really guillotine not. and the Iron Maiden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you're right. Anyways, go on, Matt. Something, something, murder pussy. They're all locking their doors. Wait, all right. murder pussy? That sounds like the name of my next band. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like a bad porn. Either way, I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, shut up and take Cord's money. Uh, Nancy tells Howard that she feels the only weird thing in this castle is that the Baron believes he can make gold. Uh, Pitt is... Yes, because he's already demonstrated that he can, and what's so funny about that? I don't know. I don't know, but she just fucking goes off on that. Whatever. Whatever. Well, she's greed. She's fixated on greed, yep. so therefore mm-hmm. they had to put that dialogue in there. Our priest in training is writing some letters, and he sees constant images of Lee in various stages of dress uh, yes. appearing and disappearing. Yeah, so in my opinion what what I think was going on in this scene is that the priest, you know, I think one of the, the, a major sin that he represents is pride and he's too prideful to admit that he's really attracted to the succubus character because she is gorgeous yeah. like we already established and I think At length we established. At length. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, he, uh, you know, I think what he's doing is he's trying to get her out of his head but in a way, she's trying to get into his thought and try. she's trying to seduce him, but he's trying to fight that urge with his pride. That's how I interpreted it. Do you feel that he's trying to get her out of his head and then he keeps seeing her everywhere? Or do you feel that there's a supernatural thing going on? Uh, I think I, I think it was a little bit of both. Okay. A little bit of both. So she sensed that he was trying to overcome his attraction for her because of his pride. Exactly. And she was hammering that home to keep him being prideful for the sin factor that she wanted. Yeah, because what I love about this thought. villain, I like what that. I love about this villain is she doesn't have to use her sexuality to come after each of these tourists. She uses one of the seven deadly sins that they represent against them. She like finds that weakness and capitalizes on that weakness. And so I think this was her like trying to get at his pride. I so believe... she senses the way to cause their damnation yeah. before she reaps their soul with the death that she kills. I would Exactly. Cool. I would also start to argue, you could make the argument that the priest in training represents all seven. He's the big get. Yeah, I could see he that. He represents mm-hmm. a little bit of everything he does in this movie. It's, it's a small, minute little, but it's enough, and it's all seven of them. Well, he's denying himself all of this stuff because he is a priest in training. Yeah, and he's but he to... still has it. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. deep in his soul. Well, everyone yep. is human, and really, the quote-unquote deadly sins are just our fucking drive as yes. animals, because yeah. that 
that's what we have in our nature yeah. yep. to procreate and, you know, amass the horde that we need to survive. Mm-hmm. That's just the way we are. Yep. At this point, he leaves his room uh, because he keeps seeing her and uh, he goes into like the library and he starts reading a book. Then a ton of books fall out of him. One particular being about the succubus. I got to talk about the practical effects in this film as uh, well. The way things kind of appear and disappear or the way that some of this stuff happens, like the books come off the shelf. Yeah. Ordinarily in these kind of films, you'd be able to see something pushing them or you'd see a wire or something, especially whenever the transfers become as good as what we have here. Yeah. But in this case, the books all fly off the shelf and I can't tell how they did it. Me neither. I couldn't see it. They just fall. Yeah, it's really well done. Yeah. I was really impressed with that and it really For gives For the us- 70s, this is really good. 1971. Early, early 70s. Yeah. In, a, in a Euro film and a very low budget one. And that's that. when it was let out. I mean, maybe this was made in the late 60s, so. Right. So I just wanted to talk about that very particular practical effect was very impressive to me. And I went back a couple of times and tried to figure it out. Yeah. And I couldn't because usually I like to figure that kind of things out so I can talk about it. I got nothing on this. <laughs> we, we, we cut to Corinne, uh, Corinne and Regine in bed. Uh, Corinne gets up and a window is open and it keeps slamming open and shut from the wind. And she closes it. That's kind of important later. It also kind of sounds like a bed post with the right kind of yeah. rhythmic pumping going, if you know what I'm saying, which is uh, yeah. probably why Corinne got up. Yes. Well, clearly her roommates in this scenario was, since she represents laziness, yeah, she wasn't going to get up even to, like... She was, she was sleeping through the whole damn yeah. thing. Well, yeah, or even, I mean, I don't know, was she sleeping through the whole thing? I think, well, yeah, she, I mean, I mean, her eyes are wasn't... constantly closed, I mean... <laughs> yeah, like she had movie, a major yeah. orgasm, she had a huge meal, and she had to walk up some stairs, and also she got terrified from cat blood. She's out for, like, three days. Yeah, this, <laughs> yes. is, this is a long time. Yeah. yeah, but even if I think she, even if that window did wake her up, she wasn't going to move to shut no, it. No, no. No, she would probably groan and then fall back asleep between each individual hit of the window yeah. and yes. just keep going back to sleep. Lisa interrupts our priest in training, and that is our next clip. I'm not disturbing you. I can't seem to get to sleep. It must be the storm. What are you reading? A book about the von Runeberg curse. <laughs> Listen to this. Succubuses manifest themselves principally at night. They use all their lascivious charms to seduce hermits by the vision of their shameless nudity. Do you think I'm lascivious? Shameless? What if I got completely undressed in front of you? Do you think that I could be a succubus? Lisa! (laughs) If you could see your face. (laughs) It's just too funny. (laughs) Okay, all I'm saying is if I were the priest in that situation and she asked me if she was shameless and lascivious, I would say, I'm not putting any judgments on for what I'm feeling right now looking at you, but please, get naked. <laughs> if you feel you must. She sort of falls right out a little bit when she's addressed it a little bit, and that's... Uh, that's a thank you movie. That's a thanks movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just the outfit, her walking around constantly. I mean, mm-hmm. Erica Blanc on screen is a constant thank you movie, but that little moment where she's like just doing that little tantalizing and teasing and stuff, I'm like... I'll go to hell for you. <laughs> I mean, I would do, and I, I mean, I like Dick, but hey. Clip? <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah, well, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> That's a clip. That's a clip. Uh, the Baron says that it's nice to hear laughter after not hearing it in his castle for so long. Uh, Lisa turns around and sees herself in a mirror. She gets very serious, but then also sees a vision of the driver just stuffing himself in his bedroom. He won't stop drinking or eating, even laid up in his bedroom. It's like, Jesus, man, slow it down. I get it, man. I 
feel you, dude. If there's one character I get, it's this guy. Right? I get it. But, dude, yeah. you got to settle it down a little bit, all right? See, what the problem is is that he's older than you. Yeah. And you are already feeling the health effects from your life choices of eating like that. Uh-huh. So, like, you're really wondering what's going on with the arteries and veins of this guy. And you're like, dude, you have to drive heavy equipment, filled people. Don't, yeah. Don't do this. And you mm-hmm. constantly have the meat sweats. Constantly. Constantly. Like, his body odor has to be just disgusting. It has to be at brisket level. Okay, so um, the driver gets up and he heads over to the kitchen and he sees in the kitchen that Lisa has put out a full banquet type spread. Uh, he starts picking out right away and she's pouring him wine, egging him on. Let's let's get some of this food. Were those lobsters? Yeah. Yeah, it was lobster. It was lobster. It was everything. It wasn't just lobster. It was fucking everything. Did yeah. he have like, was it a, like a hollandaise sauce or something that yeah. he dumped out there to dip the lobster uh-huh. in? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It like, was a butter sauce. Yeah, but it looked like like a Almost butter thicker. And egg. It was like, a yeah. butter. And egg. Yeah, it was probably like a, a heavy buttered. Uh, like it looked like it looked like a hollandaise sauce that was made with like cream and some other things like that. Like I was looking at that, going, "Jesus, I want to eat that right now." Yeah, like not even yeah. watching his fat face devour it. Although, could turn although me it off stops for me look. here in a little bit that I don't want to. It like makes me so unhungry watching this here in a little bit. But but we'll the get to lobster that. sequence when he starts eating when the he lobster, starts I wanted the, the yes, lobster. then I want in on that. We cut to Nancy is talking to Howard, saying she wants to go hunt for the Baron's gold. He states, Howard states quite correctly, he goes, it's not your gold. You can't, it's not yours to take. And she just huffs and goes away. That's why she's definitely great. Well, yeah. And she's also like, he can always make more. Yeah. I mean, but that still, was her excuse. Horseshit. Um, well, when you are that greedy, everybody's money is yours regardless. Yep. That's yep. why billionaires exist, Matt. They're not people. No, but eat the rich, I guess, is what you're saying. Eat Spend the rich the way this guy was eating the lobster. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Well, and we yeah. cut back to that guy and he's chowing down and they do a close up of his lips and they're greasy stacking eating. That's when he ruins it for me too. Yeah and I'm yes. just like mm, mm, mm. Yeah nope. that, that's I'm when gonna, it got gross. He I'm was like, vomit. like this was like gross gluttony. Yeah. And then Erica I, or not Erica the succubus Lisa. Yeah. Yeah Erica Blanc's character she's just like she now she's enjoying it. She's, she's loving it. She likes watching Egging this guy. And this is this is one of the reasons why I think you know as a succubus she is she knows that if she can find their weakness, figure out their the sin that makes them weak, that's her weapon. And that's why I use the word that she's she's a very sly villain. And so she just sits there and she's just staring at him eat. And like she has like this like smirk on her face and she's lagging him while she's like, oh, do you want more wine? Yeah. Oh my God. And uh, we cut to Howard meets up with Corinna and they start heading upstairs to have a little hanky of the panky. I want to go back to what Ebeth um, was talking about with um, the sly maneuvers for the sin and everything as well. Yeah. I think she also needs to reap them at the most sinful moment of their particular mortal sin or, or the deadly sin that it is. It probably. Mm-hmm. And so when he is overly indulging in all of these different types of meats and like really, really feasting and like that moment where we cut in and we see how disgusting it is to see it from outside where it's supposed to repulse all of us, where it goes beyond just being a person who likes food. It goes into unarguable gluttony in yeah. that case because we're all disgusted by it. When yeah. she sees that, she's like, I've got him. He's now mine. It's time. I think that's yes. what I was kind of seeing yep. in that scene. So. And, and speaking of that, Ikatu, she offers him the last glass of wine. She says it's always the best. He drinks it. He begins to choke. We then see Lisa goes full 
full-on scary face, which is awesome. Yes. It looks so good. Now, tell me. Yeah. Court, no, yeah. More yeah. turned on or less Way turned? more turned on. Yeah, more turned on with scary huh. face. Yeah, yeah. That, that, the, the corpse look to her face, the way that they painted it's, her The everything. way she does her eyes, like yeah. fucking so, nut. Oh, yeah. yeah and so fucking hot. The make, the, yeah, the makeup, the way they made her lips, like, almost, almost completely black. And they're, um, like, almost sucked but in. Her, no, it was more ghostly than that. But it was, it was creepy. It was definitely, what, What's yes. really interesting about the makeup, though, is all they did was actually just accent her face and do some contours with the facial structure that's already there. There, From what I could tell, there were no appliances. That was just all done with contouring it's makeup. It's just great makeup. To, to accent mm-hmm. her face and make it look more skull-like. And then they did this, like, weird sort of sheen over top that that made it, like, really glow and shiny. And it is the most corpse-like looking skin I've seen done like that without actually using any appliances possible. And I thought it was really well done. And also, she was extremely hot like that. To me. Yeah, yeah. I really I mean, dug it. I yeah, really, the, really dug it. The, the, it's the crazy eyes that that do it for me. Dead looking, crazy scary. Eyes. Yeah, yeah. Fear yes. border. Yeah, her eyes were crazed with enjoyment. Yeah, like she was enjoying that. And, and, well, every those, every bit of it. The reason those crazy eyes are really good, the what she ever did, how that the emotions she can express. Not only was it she was happy, she was angry, and she was murderous. All in yes. three three very separate intense emotions all conveyed in the same eyes. I think it's important to discuss, mm-hmm. too, that succubuses traditionally feed on life force. Yeah. They're basically like considered like a sex vampire, essentially, where they use like sexuality um, in the most case. But what they do with this, they expand on it more. And the physicality and the um, stuff that's, that's going on with the actual pieces of what these people are indulging in with these deadly sins, I think she is actually feeding on their damnation. Like, that's where she gets her energy from. And so, like, it, the, what she actually would be without the glamour or whatever it is that yeah. makes her look beautiful, like the demon form of her that we see, it's like this very corpse-like thing. She is actually, like, she can't eat until she damns a soul and is watching it decay. So, like, that enjoyment, that that ravenous look that she has it, that's in her eyes, I think that's what she's playing out. At least that's how I interpreted that's it. That's how I interpreted it, yeah. too. Yeah, and I just, I really dig that, where it's like, this is the most interesting and cool idea of how a succubus should work, where she can't eat unless she's feeding on a damnation that she causes. Yeah. And yes. that's so fucking cool. Yes. So anyway, the driver dies. We cut to our priest in training and the Baron talking about the mark of the devil. Then we cut to Nancy runs into Lisa and Lisa convinces her that they both can find the gold and that he has enough for them both. So as uh, so they're going to look for the Baron's gold. They find the gold and uh, we see Lisa is behind Nancy and she's already scary faced. Lisa pushes Nancy <laughs> into the gold pit. Scary faced? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's... Demon form. Dem- yeah. Scary faced. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, <laughs> everything's so juvenile with you. Neener, neener, neener. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> uh, she pushes Lisa into the gold, like the Scrooge McDuck gold pit, and Lisa it's slowly like sinks. sand only with gold dust. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I know. Nancy, of course, now dies, drowning into the gold. Uh, and it again, reminded me of quicksand. Yeah. The way and it, it was happened. at her most, again, like we were saying, she's found this huge pit of gold. It's at her most greedful moment. Push her in. Uh, 
Old Man Mason is hearing Harold and Corinne going at it. Uh, he yells at the fireplace to, you know, fucking slow it down or at least finish. He actually says finish up so I can go to bed. Yeah, he was a little envy here because he looked like he was pissed he wasn't getting laid, but then again, who wouldn't be? Yeah. But also, he's wrathful because he's just trying he to just sleep. He just wants to sleep. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they decide to leave and go all the way up to the attic uh, with Lisa following close behind them. They don't see her. Corinne decides to hide playfully and calls out to Howard. As Howard is looking, he is attacked by Scary Face Lisa, and he is put on the guillotine and decapitated. It's kind of cool. She's holding his head. You can tell it's not, it's not a fake head. It's his head. So yeah. it's just like right below the body for the camera work. It's yeah. really well done. Yeah. Um, Corinna sees this. She screams. She falls backwards into the Iron Maiden and is also killed there. So They both represent lust in this death to me because yeah. I don't this see is what else lustful they would be. Death. Yeah. So essentially there are six people in the bus driver, so that's seven that come here. Yeah. We need seven deadly sins for whatever ritual working that they're doing here. But she kills two people in lust. Unless he's envy. The only or other greed. Because th- he was greedy for other women. But she, like, his wife just died as greed, like, in gold. Like, very much for greed. So, like, what is he supposed to be? This is where it becomes confusing for me. All right. We've got, so we've got, um, Gluttony. Yeah, we've he's got gone. greed. Gluttony and greed are gone. So those greed. are gone. Now, two lusts. Two lusts. That's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah. Um, Because you need the beast with two backs to really have lust really be a thing. Yeah. You know, like you can lust after something, but if you're not doing anything about it, it stays within your mind. So is it really a sin? Well, it's a really total. And I I always thought Nancy was envy because in my mind, she was even envious of other people who had more money than her, which I guess does sound like green, but like I felt like she could have been envious of his gold. I felt like Nancy died from envy because she was jealous of the gold. Um, You know, she. She wanted it for, she wanted something that she um, didn't, you know, she wanted more of something else. And I thought the husband was greed and that Ren, you know, like we've established the, before it was lost. That's how I saw it. Well, and also, I mean, the main guy that, that just died with the guillotine, he could have been envious of Corinne's ability to be free wheeling and just have sex with anybody at any time. True. And he could have been wanting that life and that's could have be something that she could represent. So I could see where he could technically be envy upon his death because like he obviously was really into into what it was that she was doing. It wasn't just so much lust. It was like her ability to be able to be that free willing. So maybe or it could be argued both he could be, could be lust and one other person dying could be both sins. Yeah, but I'm going to argue that old man Mason coming up here is envy and wrath. Yes. Yeah. Let's okay. talk about him. Let's well, or, or not envy and wrath, pride and wrath. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well then I need to know who you think wrath is, but we'll get into that. Go ahead. Uh, uh, no, that's pride and wrath is old man Mason. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, Mason goes uh, to see what's going on, but Lisa runs away. He gives chase. They go up some stairs. Uh, all of a sudden, she was actually, she sn- hid behind a door, so she's now following him. Uh, they go up to the stairs. This is a great fucking intense scene. I love this scene. Yes. Because she looked as scary as she has looked all movie, and he's there's no words spoken. He just doesn't quite understand anymore what's going on. His There's no rational thought anymore. Like, the, the you can't rationalize this as to being something normal, so this is why I think he's more wrath than anything because they were keeping him up. They've been irritating him and he's chasing them down to try and catch them in the act. But it was also wrath, but pride as in, I can prove this. I'm going to find you. He, like he, When he's chasing after her, he says, you can't get away from me. That's still wrath though because in your anger, you say things like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was I was getting more wrath. Yeah. I can see both both sides of I'm it. Not, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that like yeah. I feel he is solely wrath for I just those think, reasons. So, I, I just think those two were lust in, in their death. Like 
like like we were saying, I think everyone had multiple sins. Yeah. It's just to kill those two at the same time, she caught them both at lust. Maybe yeah. she doesn't need all seven. You don't have to be doing well, multiple ones. She does say ones. that, too, that she yeah. just need to kill them in a moment of, like, mortal sin or something yeah, like so that. Yeah, so she doesn't need you to be, yeah. she doesn't need all seven sins. She just needs you to be in actively doing one of those seven. Yes, but this minutia where we argue what sin is represented by what is making the screen, fucking show right that's now. That's what I enjoy talking about yeah. film for anyway. So well, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm just giving play. you another idea of, yeah. of what it could I'm, be. I'm willing to play succubus advocate here. Okay. When aren't you playing succubus advocate? Uh, yeah, well, that's I'll have to get back to you on that. I'm, right. I'm confused. So anyway, she pushes him off the castle and he falls onto the iron rod fencing, impaling him and killing him. See, I think this is what his wrath half wrought. Uh, nice. This is but why I'm I think sh- he's more wrath. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Uh, I, f- I felt that was a visual gag. So you know what? I laughed there when you he go. falls on the fence. So okay, then- I laughed too. I laughed too. Yeah. Like this is, uh, again, it's, with it being an older horror movie, like I love older horror movies because of things like that. <laughs> well, I was just happy to see it. I mean, fuck, can you just quit complaining for a fucking second? Right. No, yeah. I can't. Oh, you meant the character. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 No, I know you. I, I can't. You can't. No. no. You're going to yeah. have to push me out of a window onto a rat I still don't think friends. that will stop you. I think right before your head dies, you'll still be complaining about yeah. something. And I'll make a final prophecy or two. Yeah. You'll be like, you'll be like, oh, you call this blood? I could have made something better. The, uh. <laughs> you think this is going to stop me, you mother? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It stopped him. That's nice. <laughs> Now let's just be safe. Chop them up to a billion pieces. Ship everything to all four corners of the world. Yeah. Four corners? What? It's flat? Yeah. Duh. Did you know that? Earth's flat. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Welcome to be a woke homeboy. <laughs> all right, I, guess, I guess I'm going to have to do some research by asking Shaq what he thinks. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, after all this, Lisa sees a snake crawling around. Then no, we go, Lisa. Wait, does, yeah, Lisa does see, see the snake. Yeah. She's, at first. It was, it was a log that she tried. Transformed oh, yes, that's right. Yes, it's her yeah. power. Yeah. And then we see Regina's window opens again, and the snake calls through into the room. Lisa goes to visit our priest in training, and he tells her uh, that uh, she kind of caught him sleeping. He said he must have dozed off, and he's going to head to bed. Uh, she says, is like spending time with me that horrible? And he said, no, he's just not used to spending his time with somebody so beautiful. So lust is starting to creep in to our priest in training. The snake is now on the bed with Regina. This is kind of a cool cutting back for scene where it's kind of it brings up the tension a little bit i kind of really love this whole thing because you didn't know and they did a really good job of focusing on the snake like slithering across the bed i thought that mm-hmm. was really cool there's a couple sequences where you can tell just off camera someone is shoving the snake at her and yeah. it doesn't want to go there yeah because you see it trying to wind away and then all of a sudden the whole thing moves over it's like i don't want to disturb this nice lady looks sleeping let's not disturb her what are you guys doing and you would think the snake would be like wow she's really warm i'm gonna have to get up to that mm, yeah, no. clip yeah <laughs> <laughs> Which is usually not me, because I'm usually like, whoa, that body's really cold. I'm into that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... But you miss cold and stiff. I don't like stiff. I prefer pliant. Oh, God. Oh. You're so gross sometimes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah. Honestly, the first time I watched this movie, I didn't even realize that you could see through the blonde shirt, because I was so focused on the snake. And then actually, then I just rewatched it, and then I was like, ah, oh, that's... Uh, yeah, I mean... I'll, I'll tell you how percent honest it took me the second viewing too before i realized the shirt was see-through it wasn't yeah. until i saw this print that was from the blu-ray yeah. um because all the other versions of it and the transfers that i've seen didn't have enough resolution to really make that obvious oh. so i think it's actually just this print in this case Beth, that oh, maybe okay. why you never noticed that before possibly i 
also, I don't normally stare at boobs. <laughs> I do. I and do I was too. really I, looking. I do, too. But, but that's how like, good this scene was and how suspenseful. I wasn't paying attention to the shirt part. I was paying attention to the snake. Oh, I was multitasking. And then the second time I watched it, I was paying attention to the shirt, not the snake. <laughs> See, I can do both. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, we're all proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. Clap Clap flex. My ADHD <laughs> has really helped me be able to stare at a snake and boobs at the same time. Somehow a clip. That's somehow a clip. We're cutting kind of back for snake with Regina. Uh, we have more Lisa trains to seduce our pe- priest in training. Uh, Lisa at one point starts lowering her top. Uh, and uh, then Regina wakes up, sees the snake and screams. Uh, the uh, Lisa goes all scary face and the priest in training sees it and then runs to Regina, but only to find that she is now dead. Uh, he runs into Lisa and that is our next clip. No use running away, Alvin. You will die like the others. The others? Yes, I killed them all. I killed them in a state of mortal sin. They will be damned victims of depravity. Why did they have to die? I'm a succubus, Alvin. Okay, so yeah, she says it right there. The victims of mortal sin, they will die of depravity or whatever. Yep. So that is, she's a succubus and that's what she feeds on is by damning souls. That's how she is fed. Yes. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, that's why she's one of my favorite villains ever. Just, yeah. I mean, I love this villain so much. Uh, our priest in training prays and uses his rosary to scar the forehead of our succubus. How dare he? I know, right? That's like destroying the fucking Mona, Mona Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> That was the first thing I thought, too, when I watched it. I'm like... I like how you guys both said the same thing at the same time. <laughs> Sometimes we share a brain. Yeah, it happens. Uh, our priest of Trinity runs out of the castle and sees the weird dude from before who gave the, you know, Toma uh, uh, to go to the castle. He's now in a horse-drawn carriage in a black hood. He's all... It's not just a horse car. It's, it's a hearse. It's a hearse. Because he's holding... Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and he's, he's pulling... He's like, he's about to pull coffins. a bunch of coffins out of the back. <laughs> um, and they're all stacked up all weird. <laughs> yeah. He starts running for the chapel, and the creepy dude tells our succubus that he will take care of this. I got to talk about the way that Erica Blanc is moving very animalistic, like yes. and yes. crouched down, especially now after she was eyes. burned too, yeah, and the yeah. fear in her eyes, and the way that she's like all contorted. Like, yes, the physicality of her acting is like mesmerizing when it's alluring, but horrifying when it's animalistic like that. I had a bad dream yeah. about that. I don't doubt about it. her. You that did? Thing was yeah, after I watched it the first time, I watched it pretty late and. Uh, uh, yeah, I went to bed and I had a pretty fucking surreal dream. But like none of the cool stuff. It was mainly just her acting like an animal right like there. Like that animalistic thing. Yeah. It's horrifying. I it don't know remind, how she did yeah, it. Yeah, it does remind me of like, well, first off, you know, she looks like a demon. She kind of reminded me of like the way cats creep around yeah. before they're about to yeah. prou- pounce on a prey. But instead of her creeping towards something, it's like she was creeping backwards into the shadows she Well, she's from. been injured now. So now she's like almost like an animal in a corner. Well, yes, yes. I, I, I agree with you. I think she's very cat-like, but I don't think it was like she's stalking. I think it's like whenever a cat gets scared, when they back away from something, they hunch their body up They're and they try to make it look bigger, Yeah, but they contort their body in such a way, and I think that's what she was doing, is the way yeah. that a cat in fear, whenever it hops back and is like trying to get ready to attack, like in fear, like a fear response for mm-hmm. fear aggression, that's what it looked like, but I think you're totally right. I think she was being very cat-like. My dream was so creepy because I dreamt it was like fall and it was just Halloween time, mm-hmm. and you know how my Halloween decoration lights are set up outside? Yeah, and I have this one big 
green spotlight that's like on kind of like this graveyard. That's how you find Matt's house. Yeah. And I, in my dream, I looked outside and she was bathed in that light and she looked up and like, at first, like she couldn't see me and I was like, holy shit, what the fuck's going on? And then she looked up and made eye contact and I was like, oh fuck, I'm dead. And that's when I woke up and I was like in a cold fucking sweat. I've had that same dream, but wow. when we made eye contact, I went, oh fuck, I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> and then you woke oh, up and you fuck. had a hard on? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And a <laughs> you mess had a boner. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when I dream about Erica Blank in that state. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. So anyway, a priest in training runs to the chapel and talks to the weird dude. And that is our yeah. next clip. Why do you run away? I don't want to harm you. I'm not afraid of you. You haven't any power over man. Well. Come, then. Why don't you come out of the church? Why don't you come into the church? You speak defiantly because your body is protected. But admit your thoughts are troubling you. You desired Lisa. The night will be long, Alban. I will spend it in prayer and seek repentance. For the moment, I will be satisfied with your companions. But later, I will come back to possess you. Wait! May I propose a bargain? A bargain? Liberate the poor souls whom you've put to death. And I accept damnation. What arrogance. Why should I trade souls I have now for one that I shall have presently? But think of all the souls I'll save if I become a priest. You don't possess me yet. Instead of winning souls who are of no use to you, wouldn't you rather have earthly riches and love? No. All I want is to regain the souls of my companions. You will have no remorse. You will follow me blindly. Sign, and those six souls shall be freed. Wow, talk about prideful. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I think the guy who fell on the wrought iron fence was just wrath. Maybe he was, yeah. That's why, yeah. Because this motherfucker he, is prideful as fuck. He exactly. also had pride, but yes, I think in the moment he died, it was wrath. Yeah. yeah. What caused his death was wrath. I'm not saying that he didn't have pride earlier, because he did, but yeah, it was all totally wrath. Yeah. He told Lisa, you go, I'll take care of him. And it, I like, I, I thought it was interesting that, it, you know, if it wasn't apparent already, clearly they were working as a team. Right. It's almost like, yeah, like they were both, you know, working working for the devil. I thought he was the devil, and, and or that she was the devil. And he's like, he's like, you know, what? You go ahead, you go back into the shadows or wherever you came from. I will say, researching this movie, it is implied he is the devil. Yeah, and, and she is the succubus. succubus so he, that's why he has power over her to send her away. And also, the reason that I think that she is not the devil and she is in fact the succubus that we're talking about is because part of the deal that this house is cursed with and the family is cursed with to have a succubus in it who is going to work directly for the devil. We heard that in the clips whenever the, they were talking about and describing what happened with that family curse. Mm -hmm. So I think what's getting at is part of the reason why she was shrinking down and looking like a terrified cat the way that she was moving. She was in the presence of her master. Right. And she had essentially failed because she didn't reap the priest and she was terrified about what he would do and how his response Ooh. would be. Yeah. That's and how was, I was looking at it. And she was also still injured. I mean, she was still that it was had to have had some effect because it wasn't like he scarred her on arm or a leg or something. It was right on the head, yeah. which exactly. will also fuck you up a little bit. Yep. After all this, the priest wakes up the next morning and everyone is alive and fine. He actually believes this to have been a nightmare. And Lisa's like, are you going to tell me about That's it? That's why we like, got the name Devil's Nightmare. Yep. Yeah. Um, cool. Then outside, the Baron is fencing with his butler when Lisa begins playing the organ and it distracts the Baron and he is accidentally stabbed in the chest by 
by his butler. Lisa plays with any organ and I'm automatically distracted. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, the Baron is not doing well while resting in bed. After... He got stabbed in the heart, yeah. man. He's not going to do well. No. Uh, after the uh, priest visits him, he tells him, uh, he tells the priest in a confession that he had murdered his own daughter before uh, she could be turned into a succubus because of the curse. Uh, as the priest walks down, he bumps into Martha, and that is our final clip. How is he now? Not well, Martha. We can only pray. It's because of Lisa that the accident happened. It was all her doing. You're quite mistaken, Martha. Lisa's not to blame. But you don't know the truth. Lisa is a succubus. There's no such thing as a succubus. Anyway, Lisa's not a von Runberg. Lisa is my daughter, monsieur. Her father was Rudolf von Runberg. Only he passed away without ever knowing that I was pregnant. And I never had the courage to speak to the Baron. He would have killed her. Lisa, a daughter of the Van Runbergs. Like we didn't know that already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we knew that was coming, especially with the way Martha reacted to her earlier. You knew they had some form of relationship with each other. Only a mother and daughter would bicker like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Especially when her early on, Lisa was like, "Aren't you? Ha- doesn't my presence bring you joy? Because, yeah. I mean, it's her you know, yeah. mother-daughter. Yeah. Anyway, they are all getting ready to leave in the bus, but the priest in training states he cannot leave a dying man, and he will stay behind and find another way, uh, you know, uh, another way back to the tour. Pride. They agree. Yeah. And while uh, they're driving away, Lisa uh, suggests they go up to the balcony to wave them off. They are up on the balcony waving to him, and the driver is once again just eating away while driving. And he swerves to miss the horse-drawn carriage, which is the uh, hearse that we had seen before. They van tumbles over the cliff and explodes. Uh, they all die. We see it was once again the devil was driving the carriage. Uh, Lisa embraces is our priest in training. However, when she looks over, she has a very smiling face, and we roll credits. I want to point something out. The embrace that they have there, there's a moment where he is clutching at Lisa's side. And it seems like his hands almost are lowering. Yeah, like he's actually... Almost like he's feeling her sides. Yeah, like, I, I need when to, you do the I, hourglass I to, thing? Yeah, I need to be... Well, I need to be a little delicate about this, but when I am embracing a woman, there's a certain way that I will rub down the sides and move into the hourglass shape uh-huh, yeah. that I'm trying to be sensual with it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But still be like <laughs> gentle, but not like too... Shh, 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 go slow, no, go slow. You're going too fast. Well, and what I'm trying to describe here is that's what the priest is doing. And when he does that, mm. that, that little move, which is basically saying that he is into her candy and would like to taste her treats. Right now, you've you made just uh, some drives home from work. A little bit more enjoyable, Court. Right. Way to go, my man. But what he's saying there is he is signifying that he is picking up what she has been trying to put down for him. And it is time he's accepted his fate. And essentially, this entire working, as far as I'm concerned, and I've really talked about everything that I've had but like I've been mentioning it throughout but this entire ritualistic thing that they've been doing the devil and the succubus have been working together because she needs to now spawn she is the last of her line her uncle's death means that she has now inherited the house because she can prove that she is the brother's daughter yeah so her uncle's house is is now hers yeah but in order for this curse to continue she needs to have a child oh she gonna the, convince the pit the, to... the priest will father a child for her and then more than likely be reaped as a prideful 
powerful sinner. Yeah. And she will continue with raising the child and the child will more than likely be a girl and be a succubus or he will be stuck and that child will become the succubus and she can go off. And, she'll die. Yeah. Maybe she'll die or while giving possibly. birth. Right. But this entire working, the entire Most setup, likely, I don't think you can give birth to a succubus and survive. Possibly Probably not. not. Yeah. Possibly not. Dying Probably in childbirth not. would be a great way to pass on the succubi curse or whatever. Yeah. But like the entire idea and the whole reason that he was set up this way is because him dying creates this line, but then it changes the name. So the curse can no longer be associated with that so they can start reaping even more benefit. And he's very prideful during this whole day because he's like, it's not Lisa, she's not a succubus. You know, so much yeah. against these ideas that How? he believed the night before. Right. Like, and it's it, it was just a dream. It was just folly. It was me trying to come to terms with my lust for and this he, woman. And he became this very, uh, he became very much like Mr. Mason in which I don't believe in any of that stuff anymore that he used to believe in. Right. So, yeah. like, so already he's turning his back on God, to God. This is like a satanic Christmas carol where the evil has done it all in one night. Yeah. <laughs> where they've turned a, a, a seminary student out yep. of becoming a child fucking priest into becoming a father of a succubi yeah. and the inheritor mm-hmm. of this curse. And it's this weird magical sort of working. And I don't I don't know enough about the occult to really talk about it, but I feel like there's a lot of symbolism in the way that these people were brought in and the ser- purposes that they serve. The entire thing was to create this threat and keep the curse going and to defeat what the Baron had tried to do yeah. by stabbing the fucking baby with a knife, which is the greatest fucking opening of any movie ever. <laughs> I'm good. All right. I'm going to go back and, and talk about the ending. Um, I wasn't so much focused on the priest. Uh, I was more so focused on her and how the smile that she had when the priest was holding her. I mean, she just had this murk that it's like, she's like, I tricked him and I won. And this, it was just that slyness, you know, it, it's right after, um, you know, the bus drives off a cliff and explodes, which I just got to add real quick. Like out of all of the times I laughed in this movie, I laughed the hardest at the explosion because it was just, you know, old movie just so over and the top. And it kind of looked like a matchbox car going over down that <laughs> it hill. It was probably a miniature. Yeah. It was. So yeah. Anyways, but I don't know. Like I said before, I love old horror movies for scenes like that. And really, can I just say that was probably only the only quote unquote laughable effect More to less, me. Yeah. I thought yes. every other effect was done very well for this yes. time frame. Yes. Miniatures for- and explosions are really hard to pull off well. And this film did not feel like it had a huge budget. No, no, no. But um, but yeah, no, I really liked the way that the movie ended. I liked how it ended in it, tricking the person who was prideful into thinking he saved these all these lives when he really didn't. And just that, that smirk that she had. And just overall, I, I loved the villain. You know, horror movies, a lot of times they have this villain that's just scary and is just crazy and it's just like murders. And like a lot of horror movies are just like blood everywhere. This was just more like the villain was very sly. She was very smart. She had she had plans. Um, she thought things through. You know, I just I don't know. Like I just I really like this villain, and I've I've said it before. She was sexy, but she wasn't overly sexual. You know, there was just this um classiness to her, and uh yeah, over overall, like really the villain, Erica Blanc's character, she's what made the movie for me. I mean, I think it is cool that they played on you know, they added the seven deadly sins. I thought that was a creative idea. But um this this movie could have been awful if it wasn't for her, but she just did such a good do- job playing this scary, demonic, but still like beautiful character. The manipulation to cause the death that she did mm-hmm. at the precise time. You know, like that that the way that you described that, that that perfect. Like it is. She's so manipulative the way that she just pushes people into that. Like whatever decisions that they made that ultimately caused their own fate. And so yeah, I, I thought that was awesome. 
so yeah, it's it's nice to see a character that's just not like chasing everybody around, going bitch, 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 like you know. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not like just Terry. like oh, I'm chasing you with the machete and you know all of that. Like this is there was like more thought into it. Yeah, it's like this weird planning, manipulative, very satanic way of going about killing people, basically by letting them bring about their own demise, which is so fucking satanic. I love it. And for my thought, final thoughts, uh, let me just tell you why well, you're both full of horse shit, and this movie sucked low-hanging donkey balls. Bullshit. I know, Fuck I'm fucking you, around. <laughs> Uh, no, I did. I love this movie. This was really fun watch. Um, really, just basking off everything I was saying. I love the story. Uh, I thought there were really uh, a lot of good tense building scenes. Yeah, that you know, some movies try to pull this off, and it so obviously comes off as padding. You know, to make the movie a certain time. I didn't feel like we got one ounce of padding in this movie. I felt like everything served a purpose. Not even in the bras. There was no padding. Even no in the padding bras. in those bras. Nothing. And you see it. Um, <laughs> Do you? ever because I was ever. really looking. Yeah. And, but, you know, everything felt connected. Everything felt like it should been in there. It didn't feel too long. It didn't feel too short. It, it really, everything about the movie came together perfectly for me. I really enjoyed this film. Awesome. I'm really yeah. glad because you were the only one that I was worried about because I already knew she loved it. That's yeah. why I had her. I here. really enjoyed this movie. It was a great movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun to watch. Awesome. Yeah. We actually do have a little bit of feedback and then a little listener gift for Matt here. So we're going to have to take another break here. Uh, I'm going to play a promo for another podcast we'll have a little bit of music befitting of devil's nightmare when we come back we'll deal with the feedback hello everyone i am rod barnett i'm troy gwynn and we are your hosts for nashy cast the podcast about the films of paul nashy we for over five years have brought you the joys of spanish cinema filtered through our brains to you yes now what is it that qualifies two southern boys to talk about films that came out of Spain, and I can't think of a single thing. There's nothing that qualifies. Nothing. nothing. Except that we just love, love them, love them, love them. We love them. Nashi Cast yes. covers the films of Paul Nashi and any other Spanish horror film that we can pretend we know something about. <laughs> yes. If you love beautiful women wearing incredibly short miniskirts in subarctic temperatures, <laughs> chased by werewolves in leisure suits. If you love werewolves, vampires, unidentifiable beasts, or crazy people driving women around and talking like a maniac. <laughs> yes, flying cats, beheadings with axes. <laughs> Blood that looks Sham- like melted crayons. Shambling zombies, yeah. Some of the films that we've covered in the past are Mark of the Werewolf. Howl of the Devil. Vengeance of the Zombies. Or Rises from the Tomb. Tombs of the Blind Dead. Vampire's Night Orgy. Oh, Yes. Join us on this journey through the golden age of Spanish horror where Paul Nashi, Leon Klamowski, Jess Franco, Amando Diasorio take us through a filter Espanol. Join us for the Nashi cast. One night dreaming you caught my meaning you took me flying
You, but I really would have loved to have that succubus's grip on me, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. 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 All right, yeah. So we time-traveled into the future to record this feedback segment. Yeah, now we can be men. <laughs> <laughs> and then we put this feedback Scumbags. segment recorded in the future into the past. When will then be now? Then is actually now. Soon? No, no, then is now. Now, now. Now, now. But when will it be then? Okay, well, first of all, you've got a present. I do have a present. Yeah, now, I told you about this, like, fucking ages ago. Yeah, okay, but you so- lost it. Yeah. Now, whenever I got the um, action figure photography from our buddy Paul yeah. from Who Will Survive podcast, that's the Jason Voorhees over yes. there. That's to my immediate left. Uh-huh. He also sent something for you. Oh. I put it back in the folder and then it got lost in the shuffle of all the other shit because it's the same time we were having equipment trouble. Oh, can I open it? Yeah. So this Thanks. is for you. What you. What's in this package right now is for you. No, turn it around. The, that's the secondary uh. gift. That, there you go. Oh, that is fucking awesome. Paul did that. He staged it's, that with the action figures and that everything. Is it's a picture of two Ewoks, Wicket being one of them, of course, yeah. appearing like in the force move of Endor. That is so fucking awesome. All right. Thank you, Paul. And then he included a little smaller snapshot that with, he did in the uh, back. Oh, my God. That's cool, too. Yeah. This one is uh, Ripley with an alien right behind her. It appears like lava and explosions behind him. That is so fucking cool. Yeah. Now, I, I have a bunch of uh, autographed uh, photos that I'm going to need to be putting up that are the same size as that main big print. Uh-huh. So I'll get you another type of uh, frame like I use for that that's sort of like the shadow box frame oh. that they go in for the bigger one. Yeah, this As, is going right up in the bunker. By way of apology, basically, for waiting so long yeah. or, or taking so long since I lost where I had placed that. I, well, it was perfectly fine. It yeah. was actually... No, I mean, it's in perfect shape here. I mean, yeah, I'm, I put it into one of my fucking storage bins that I never got to, and then yeah. I started putting stuff into that storage bin, Yeah, and it was actually in with a bunch of DVDs and stuff that I care about, like lovingly sat on top of them, Yeah, and I didn't see it because it was directly under the lid, so that's well, Paul, I got to thank you again very yeah. much. This is spectacular. Just spectacular. I love it. Thank so, you so much, sir. So do you know what time it is, Matt? What time is it? Time for incoming mail! Oh, man. Uh, a present and feedback? <laughs> wow, what did I do to deserve such a day? Uh, I don't know, but uh, as Ebeth would say it. Fuck Matt. She's already a clip. She's already a clip. She's not I mean, even out of the studio is, like 10 minutes. She hasn't been set out for 10 minutes, and we're already leaving spaces to p- drop her fucking clips. Yeah, well, I'm the one that does the drop, so therefore yep. I decide the clip. You run Barter Town. All right, so speaking of feedback, um, we did the house that screamed before you got sick. Yes. And this was supposed to be feedback for the first time that you got back because it pertains to both of us because of our coverage of House That Screamed. Yes. But I forgot it on Ash vs. Evil Dead because I was jet-lagged and tired and all it, that trip it, and we everything. We ran through a fucking long-ass show. Right. It was already long as fuck just trying to get through the show. This and, one's long as fuck. Two long as fuck shows. Right. But I needed to get this we done. We gotta get this going. Yeah. So here is Rod's feedback for House That Screamed. Gentlemen, 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 it is Rod Barnett of the Nashy Cast and the Bloody Pit Podcast. I don't check in with you guys nearly as frequently as I should. And there are times when I'm listening to your show and I think, hey, man, I should probably chime in and let them know something or or a random thought crosses my mind as I'm listening to the show and weaving in and out of traffic. And I think to myself, hey, I should uh, jot that down or record that and send that off to Court Matt over at the old Cinema PsyOps, and I rarely do, but this time, this time, I'm actually recording my thoughts because you guys recently covered one of my favorite Spanish horror films from 1969, The House That Screamed, and I was very happy to hear that both of you liked the movie as much as you did. Clearly, you both really enjoyed the movie, even though it kind of subverted 
what you thought you were going to see. You were expecting sleaze, and what you got was just a really damn good movie. Well, that comes down to the guy who made the film. Um, Spanish filmmaker, uh, he, he wrote and directed The House That Screamed, Narciso Ibanez Serrador. Um, amazing guy. He only ever made two feature films because he spent most of his time as a filmmaker making television for Spain. A lot of television. There is a series of his that I'm aching to get my hands on one day uh, with some kind of English language track. I'm assuming it'll have to be subtitles where he he uh, he did adaptations of a lot of classic horror stories. And it's very well regarded in Spain and amongst people who have seen it outside of the country. And I'd really like to get my hands on that. Beside the point, though, is the fact that The House That Screamed is so fantastic. Like I say, he only made two feature films. And the other one was just as amazing. The other film he made was Who Could Kill a Child? So when you think about batting averages, a director's batting average, the man batted a thousand, and that's really difficult. And I think a lot of that boils down to a lot of the stuff that we cover in the podcast that we did on the show um, back in March of uh, ooh, two years ago, 2017. Uh, Beyond Nashy number 20, The House That Screamed, we talk a lot about the movie. He had the benefit because he had done so well in television of having a lot of time to make The House That Screamed. That's why that it's as well done as it is. Uh, of course, he also had a really talented cast. I mean, Lily Palmer as the headmistress is just amazing. And Spanish actress uh, Christina Galbo as the uh, new student who comes in and uh, is kind of our proxy as a uh, newcomer to the whole setup. She's amazing. British actress Mary Maud is uh, Irene. She's the the one who's headmistress's main. Uh, she's the trustee essentially. That uh, is a little bit of sadistic sadistic touches to her personality as well. And uh, man, it's just it's just amazing. Uh, I should point out that uh, the all-purpose handyman in the movie is uh, played by the great Victor Israel, who's. Um, just one of mine and Troy's favorite Spanish character actors who turns up in so many movies, and he's so good every time you see him. But I was just happy to have uh, you guys uh, come to this film in kind of a blind manner and have such a great experience with it. The House That Screamed is one of the—it's easily one of the ten best Spanish horror films I think ever made. That's a—it's a hell of a list in a lot of ways. Um, often cited as the movie or one of the two movies that kind of kicked the Spanish horror genre off in uh, a really effective way. 68's Mark of the Wolfman, which came over here as Frankenstein's Bloody Terror, the first of uh, the uh, Paul Nashi, Valdemar Daninsky werewolf films. It's those two films that really kind of got the ball rolling. And then by 7071, just everything was coming up roses as far as Spanish horror is concerned. But Glad you guys like that movie. It's uh, it's fantastic. And yeah, there's a little bit of sleaze in there. There's a lot more fodder for the brain than for the libido in certain ways. But uh, as a court's reaction to certain sequences would say, if you're twisted in certain manners, then yeah, that's going to turn you on just as effectively as uh, other things, I suppose. But nevertheless, guys, you're going great guns on the show. Love listening. Remember, I'm still out here. And... uh <laughs> Just want to say, keep it up. Your streak, your unbroken streak is just stunning to me. 
and a match probably get well as soon as possible. Bye, guys. This is Rod, and I'll talk to you again soon. Like I said, he sent that in just as you were getting sick, so that's ah, why he had well, that. Well, thanks, Rod. I got better. Kinda. <laughs> the drugs kind of helped. Yeah. Sort of. So, well, yeah. some drugs didn't help. <laughs> so can we, like, spoil it for everybody and reveal that I wasn't as disappointed in the lack of sleaze? I was just looking for something to play up for entertainment value. Yeah, you were just trying to have some fun with that. Because otherwise it would have been just this constant love fest of how amazing we thought the house that screamed was. Yeah. Because that's basically what it was until I decided to take that tact because I had nothing else. I mean, granted, I would have liked to have had the film be a little sleazier. Oh, of course. Absolutely. But everything that's literally the only thing that I could think of that like I could have as a counterpoint to the love fest that we were going to have. Yeah. You and I are very much the same. We're, you know, any movie could have a little bit more sleaze into it. Uh, well, anything in life could really have any, yeah. a little yeah. bit more sleaze to it, except for lawyers. I think lawyers have the exact they amount have, of sleaze. They have as, you make them any sleazier, things are going to go pretty bad. Yeah. Well, and politicians and all of that kind of politicians stuff. Politicians so, and lawyers. Go. There you go. Yeah. All right. So the feedback this week is a present for Matt. He finally got it. So. Yes. And and that Paul sent that ages ago, so yes. I apologize to Paul deeply for that. But I and did, I thank you, Paul, deeply yeah. for that. And I did tell you like a couple of times that he did send that to you, but I lost it and I didn't know where I put it. I knew it was safe, I just didn't know where I put it. So there you go. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, that's been missing for a year. Yeah, a whole year. <laughs> over a year. Yep. <laughs> I just saw. I just saw the postage date. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I had it. I forgot about it to give it to you, and then when I remembered it, then I couldn't find it. So that's how it usually uh, works. Anyway, I love it. Thank you again, Paul. Thank you so much. I handled that like a fucking Vogon, where yeah. it was buried in soft peat for a while. <laughs> We also have a little bit of talk from Troy of the Nashi cast about this glorious film that we just discussed, Devil's Nightmare. Oh. And when we come back, we will just have the outro in, break up the fucking show and finally end it in the past with Ebath, though we're coming from the future. So then will be now? Um, Now is actually then. When will now be now? Now is now. Yeah. And here's that feedback. When did I miss that? Just then. Hey, guys, this is Troy Gwynn from the Nashi cast. Uh, really glad to hear you you guys are doing The Devil's Nightmare. Um, that's actually one of my favorite, not just European horror movies, but one of my personal favorite horror movies altogether. I've always loved it since I first saw it. And uh, where I first saw it was actually on late night television. I couldn't tell you the exact year, but in those wonderful days before infomercials, there were actually late night movies shown on network television. And especially on Saturday nights, one of our stations would show two or three horror movies. And I always stayed up for those. And you actually caught a, could catch a lot of European horror films. Of course, they would be, needless to say, edited, but, you know, sometimes some, some pretty surprisingly risque stuff managed to sneak through. You might get occasional bare breast or two, but even censored, you know, there's only so much you can do to censor those films and not still let that kind of particular European weirdness come through and uh, definitely eroticism. I mean, let's face it, you put Erica Blanc on screen and it's instant eroticism. I think that was my first time to ever see Erica Blanc and, of course, she made an immediate impression on me and the whole film did uh, but I think she particularly just carries the film because her performance is amazing and it's helped by that amazing makeup too that's one of my favorite minimalist makeup applications I think in horror movies uh, because you look at it it's really very simple what the makeup artist did was pretty much just kind of follow the natural contours of her face she has such an amazing bone structure amazing, amazing facial construction there it's amazing that someone so beautiful can be made look so horrifying with just very little makeup but it pretty much does that just kind of enhances her bone structure and then colors her skin a little bit and then basically just lets her use her eyes uh, and expression to convey the rest and I think she's in a really really unforgettable 
and screen presence and uh, screen screen monsters definitely creeped me out <laughs> a lot when I saw it when I saw the movie and I was also equally creeped out and impressed by uh, Daniel Immelfork uh, as Satan who I think is the first time I saw him and I know Daniel Immelfork had a very long career and, and was in a lot of films but that was my first time seeing him and, and I just couldn't believe how they managed to find somebody so perfect to play Satan I think to this day I think he's the best uh, he's the best screen Satan I've ever seen he's, he's just so weird and angular and lean. He's like a satanic Jiminy Cricket, I think. Uh, I do love the film. It's always been at, uh, at the top of my Blu-ray wish list since the, really since the format was invented. And, and I think it's just got great set pieces, the death mixed in with the eroticism and then just the bizarre characters. It's a lot of fun. I uh, love the way some of the death sequences or, you know, the way she's stalking her victims that we see her, that she's transformed into the creature long before the people she's stalking realizes have, have seen her. And so it kind of lets the viewer in on what's going on and just builds that tension. So anyway, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing what you guys have to say about it. And I'm really glad that you're you're tackling this classic. And I'm really glad that it's, it's out there, uh, hopefully finding a new audience and, and getting uh, a, a lot of long overdue respect. But uh, anyways, respect to you guys, too. And uh, thanks for what you do. And thanks for taking on the devil's nightmare. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Mean Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. Oh, 
fuck yes. I've been looking for an excuse to get a good song from Fight on this fucking show, and now I finally have one. Yeah. Well, it is way past several bedtimes in this room, but not mine because I'm an insomniac motherfucker, so we need to get this going. Whenever we get three people talking about a movie, especially this intense. And I have a pile of drugs waiting for me, and I'm way late to getting into that. <laughs> we're going super late, so mostly we're keeping Ebeth up way past her bedtime. Yeah, here. way past Oh, that's her okay. We're talking about my favorite horror movie, so I don't mind. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'd like to thank you so much for being on the show here, and thank I really you, appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. So, folks, you know where to find us here for the landing and launching page. It's legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. We also have a Facebook group, which is Cinema Psyops. You can search it out and find some like-minded, twisted-ass motherfuckers who like to see babies get stabbed on film, but not for real. It has to be fake. Thank God you added that disclaimer. I don't think anybody picked it up. <laughs> what, that I don't want to see it for real? Yeah. Well, if you'd like to discuss it with me, you can find me on Facebook, Court Psyops. You can also find Matt on Facebook. He is Matt Psyop. He's never checking it there, so if you want to... But fuck Matt. Yeah, true. Total. It's fuck true. Matt. Yeah. Hashtag fuck Matt. <laughs> is, is this going to become a thing? Um, Probably. Let's check. Yeah. It's a thing. It's going to be a thing. Well, thanks, Dave. Totally a thing. Thank you, David. Can, can you direct that to my wife? <laughs> uh, that would be hashtag don't fuck Matt. Oh, you motherfuckers. See? It's actually hashtag don't fuck Matt, but fuck Matt. Not literally, but figuratively. Fuck Matt. Oh, oh, see. All right. <laughs> you can email feedback to Matt to try and help him figure it out. Matt at gmail.com. Metaphorically fuck Matt. Metaphorically fuck Matt, but don't physically fuck Matt. <laughs> you can also email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. And just a reminder, folks, Mrs. Psyops is the only person that fucks Mr. Psyops. That's, That's how we like it. In, in, in both of our Psyop cases. Yeah. You can also tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate-filled shitfest that is Twitter. I am at court underscore Psyop, and he is at Psyop Matt. We're also available on the Grandma Insta. All you have to do is add water, and you got yourself an Instagram. It's cinema underscore Psyop. Wait, I can get a gram? No, not that kind of gram. Oh. God damn it, every week with you. I thought it was an Instagram. I well, was like, wow. There's also the Flick Chat app where we have a group code of Cinema Psyops. I'm trying to get on there a little bit more, but I think that's more or less going to die out. I don't know. Sorry, Duncan. I tried. Yeah. I, I tried, but I gave up. So. Once again, thank you so much for dealing with us and putting up with us here, Ebeth. Thank you, Ebeth. Folks out there, she just wanted to talk about this film. Don't try and find her. Leave her alone. Let her be. Yeah, let her be. Let Ebeth be. She, she was nice enough just to come on the show and just be a part of it for this. Behave, you filthy animals. <laughs> this is her first, and until we find something else she loves this much, final appearance on the show. Yes. Uh, yes. No, I appreciate you guys having me. I enjoyed talking about the show. It was this was really fun. Hey, Awesome. Well, it was fun. I hope everyone out there found this show as fun as we did as well. Also, I would like you all to kick the fuck out of this week and politely make it your bitch. And a basic one at that. Yeah, right? Well, there's a devil behind that bush. Yes, a devil behind that bush With wiggle and dance Get me out of my pants I got a devil behind Those fiery lips I was scared stiff That devil behind Just one peek Got me rattled Up the creek Without a paddle I a devil now running, so anything you say can and will be used against you. Uh, right. Everybody hear me still? Yes. Yeah, sounds good. One more thing. I play clips and everything live, so I want to make sure this is loud enough for you to hear and it's not blowing out your eardrums. Corpse fucking. 
<laughs> yep, it's perfect. Yeah, Corpse it's fucking. Corpse fucking. I meant to do this one, yeah. but yeah. now now you're in the deep end. Yeah, so. now you're in the deep end of the. You're yeah. in the adult pool now. Oh yeah. no. You should listen to your doctor. <laughs> listen to my doctor. You're right. I know. You talk to a couch. You think it's a doctor, but it gives you pills. Who cares? I talked to my tattoo artist. <laughs> That's my doctor. You all right over there? I'm good now. Are you fine? Yeah. Everything's good. Yeah. I mean, he does up. have a lot of tattoos, so must must have worked. He's got a lot of dad issues too. So. <laughs> Oh, I mean, that's a, that's a dad issue. Every tattoo is a dad issue. So he's got a lot of dad issues. Uh, little do you know, I only have one tattoo. They just haven't all been connected yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot of dad issues that are all just one big issue, huh? Yes. All right. That's why they're all a web. You need, you need to go outside throw the ball around a little bit? That never works for me. You uh, keep making that fucking reference, and it will never make me feel better. All right, fine. I don't mean to disparage this actor and his hideous fucking face. <laughs> Oh, wait, I just did that. Yeah, yeah. With his fucking bug eyes. I'm sure he's a great person because with a face like that, kind of have to be. Sorry about the bug yeah. eyes thing. I'll be in my office. Am I right, Matt? Like, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. When you're yeah, that yeah. ugly, when you're, you ought to know. When you, you, you know. No, because I'm still a pretty bad person. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're kind of like some of the folks in the bus. I No, I, I'm, I'm worse than that. I, I'm as ugly on the inside as I am on the outside. So. Oh, God, you are a horrible person. <laughs> I, I am pretty bad. <laughs> I got a whole portrait of Dorian Gray thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not that beautiful. I'm just saying that I'm that much worse inside. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're both pretty just terrible. Don't so. lump me in with you. Oh, you get to be lumped in with me. I'm so much worse than you. Oh, well, yeah. On the inside. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I, I agree with and that. And I'm also much more beautiful than you. No, that. that I'm gonna... I, I have proof. Don't make me go through this again. Dude, you... The only way you're going to settle this argument is to let the listener vote by revealing what you actually look like, you hideous fucking chud. I can't, because I'm a hideous fucking chud. Then accept the fact that I'm more beautiful than you. Fine, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You're gross. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm not gross, I'm just saying that I'm Uh, less gross than you. I meant on the inside. You're beautiful on the outside. Were you not getting that? Uh, Now you're gaslighting me. (laughs) Which, for some reason, kind of turns me on. Oh, no. I don't know why you feel that way, but I'm sorry (laughs) that you feel that way. (laughs) Oh, and you're following it up with a non apology. Yeah, damn. Jesus Christ. I, I told you I was gross. <laughs> you are, and I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, she was scared, and oh then she God. was so scared, she died of fear. I, just, I fucking had it together, then I had to look at him, he's fucking busting up. Yeah, I know. It's fine, it'll be an outtake, it's fine. All right. All dudes are scumbags. And just know Clip. this. Uh, yeah. And I know this is true because I've observed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he best like, I've met a few of you. Yes, yes. <laughs> Not fans. Not fans. Not, Not a fan. <laughs> no, don't know any of the fans, but I can, uh, at least I know these two scumbags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're the kind of scumbags that are at least you can be safe around. Yeah, because we hate ourselves so much that, you know, we just spend most of our time looking in the mirrors going, God, what a scumbag. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to be any worse than I already am. I'm I, trying to improve myself. Well, you're never going to, but at least you still be any worse. <laughs> Let me have my delusions, goddammit. Okay, fine. And by the way, whenever a movie, whenever the movie's doing something that uh, we find hot or, you know, sexy, we say thank you, movie, for providing that for us. So yes. oh, that's funny. if there's a moment in the film, I know for you there probably isn't because there's not a lot of good stuff to look at for what you're into. Unfortunately, no, there wasn't, you know, a lot of sausages. <laughs> 
<laughs> Leastways, any you'd want to see. So, uh, and yeah. if that's the case, if there's something in the movie you really dislike, you can also give a fuck you movie. But it has to be extremely distasteful and be, yep. like, really vile. Yes. Like, okay. we usually say fuck you movie to, like, trying to make a rape scene seem sexy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you movie. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you movie. For that, we do say fuck you movie. We always so. say fuck you movie. Yeah. Okay, so we're in the lounge. Yes. Anyway, uh... <laughs> I love that she gives a fuck enough about this show to try and keep us on track. Enough, that's great. Because <laughs> she hasn't done like 222 of yeah, these. Yeah, we're, we're just like, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> just have fun. That's all that really yeah. matters. Okay. Yeah. Humility and priesthood don't go hand in hand now, yeah, do they? That is a fact. No. No. Yeah. The only thing that goes They're hand in hand to, with priests are little altar boys. Ah, damn, man. You're just going to fucking, you're going to be on it like a priest and an altar boy. Ah! I'm not high-fiving that. Mm. It's too sad of a reality for me to <laughs> yeah. high-five that. It's a wicked burn, though. Thank you. She is looking at those gold shavings and that gold dust like her husband was looking at every other woman in this building. Right. You're goddamn right, yeah. She's looking at those gold shavings like you were looking at every woman in this movie. Like I was looking at that scene where that baby got stabbed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a clip, too. <laughs> we're just going to have monster amount of clips of you talking about killing babies. Yeah, I'm going to have an entire clip show window when I get my other computer fixed that's going to be nothing but me talking about stabbing babies. <laughs> Because I'm really into that, apparently. Holy shit. And by the way, thank you, movie. I feel so creepy right now. That's just because we got somebody else in the room when we talk like that. I totally creep myself out. Just just remember that when we do this stuff, there's an audience that is listening. Yeah. So we're being creepy. It's so much weirder because that's shouting into the void. And Uh now Ebeth's just staring at us going, you fucking sickos. She's laughing so hard. No, I'm sitting over here smiling. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm going to be a lady and just smile. But on the inside, like, I'm laughing just as hard. (laughs) You don't have to be a lady here. It's fine. I'm just hoping to get her to say something just as fucked up as what we do. Yeah, we got to get a good clip out of her at some point. I'm sure. I mean, we have lots of deaths to talk about. Yeah. Here we go. Let's move on. If I had an attic that was big enough to store an Iron Maiden and a guillotine, I would have both. Yes. Why are you staring at me? Please stop. Oh, I'm just picturing putting head in guillotines. I'm sorry. I got a little turned on. Hand check. They're Hand all check. above the desk. They're Hand all above check. the desk. I didn't see Ebess hands go up. She's fine. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to cramp everybody's style, Matt. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> Let her podcast how she wants. I just don't want anybody getting too much enjoyment out of the vision of my death. Not your death. Just death by guillotine in general. Yeah, but you were but staring at me a lot. Yeah, and I was staring at you, too, when he was just Describing it. Mother dick. I tell you right now, you guys are assholes. Fuck you, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) She has a shtick already. At least least drugs love me. No, they don't. They just want your money. (laughs) That's not love? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll have to have a conversation off mic. (laughs) I better talk to my wife. (laughs) I mean, I would like to say that money is not love, but I've had to pay for love, so money is love. Haven't we all? Yeah. When you look like a couple dudes like us. I mean, what were we saying about ones earlier in the show? (laughs) When you look like a couple dudes like us, you're definitely paid for a lot of love. (laughs) (laughs) At least by the hour, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes by the minute when they look like you. Usually in a motel eight. So oh, no. Hello, back to the bed bugs and roaches. There we go. I know the words bad and I know the term porn, but like when you put them together, I'm confused. Uh, uh, Isn't all porn bad? No, like all in porn terms is good of in some ways. Like acting? No, absolutely not. There no, are the, some that are they're very well acted. We've, we've just we've actually we've covered we just a went bunch. through a yeah. week of porn not that too long ago. Yeah, a listener actually bought a bunch of adult film 
tubes from the heyday. They were like artist tubes. So. They were very artistic and very well made, and the oh. acting in it was actually quite amazing. So yeah, in, in, that, in that one stigma, of them. That stigma is actually developed from the 80s when everything went to videotape and just became slock fest and just putting fucking on film for no reason. Mm. Pretty much. See, I'm one of those cliche gals who like really likes rom-coms. Like, that that See, makes me want to hop on some dick after that. <laughs> clip. Clip. We got her. We got her. <laughs> ah, thank you for that. <laughs> you basic bitch. Fuck you, She can refer to herself as that. Oh. But when you say it, that's it's, violent it's, offensive. <laughs> I'm taking another dick. And there it is. I'm a homosexual. Ah! Everyone will be coming on my face. And there it is again. Um, yeah, that's what the clips are. Yeah. If you say something that can be taken out of context and sounds horrible, yeah. we use it. Boom, there it is. Yeah. yeah. With your permission, obviously. Uh, obviously. Whatever you guys want to use as a clip, fine with me. Uh, I have that recorded, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Got her. No. Uh. I bet he smells like beef jerky, and that's delicious. I, I'm telling you right now, if that guy was in this room with us and he was sweating, you'd be sitting there going, is someone doing ribs? Who's doing ribs? Yeah. Who's making ribs here? <laughs> I don't know. That guy looks like a perfect candidate for cannibalism, man. I would cook him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you would. I, it, I would I mean, probably partake. if it partake. was a zombie apocalypse? And... No, no, not, I don't even need that, no. I'm thinking oh, okay. him with his size, mm-hmm. low and slow, 250 for about a 24-hour period. That mm-hmm. is going to be choice. I'm going to build a smokehouse specifically for his corpse, and we're going to do this. All right. Uh, you know he's basted real well. Oh, yeah, in his own juices from the meat <laughs> I mean, sweats. I mean, be great. Sure. Delicious. The brine coming off of this guy, you could cook him in his own sweats. I'm telling you, man, fat side up. Just remember, fat cap up there, melts into the meat. Where is the fat cap? Everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's we're true. We're to put him on a rotisserie. There you go. There just, you go. Just constantly keep him going. We'll spit roast him, and then we'll cook him. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to Eiffel Tower that or? Uh, we'll play it by ear. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just made myself crossed out there. I know, I know, right? More cushion for the pushing. Uh, <laughs> more meat sweat for the lubricant. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Clip. Gold dust. Not that gold dust, but oh. also if she were to die by that gold dust, still kind of cool. That would be a sweet-ass move. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> yeah. version of Bronco, Bronco Buster that he used to do, like uh, that's yeah. how he should have killed That him. or Shattered mm-hmm. Dreams. I think that's what it was. The Bron- it wasn't a Bronco Buster. What he did was he would take a dude in the corner, put both his legs up on the on the ropes, and then kick him right into his exposed balls. That's called the Shattered Dreams. Okay, so he does a Shattered Dreams, and then whatever his whatever he called the Bronco Buster that he used to do yes. to people. Yes, Yeah. Yeah. That's how he should have finished her. Yeah, yeah exactly. Also, also, Goldust, greatest heel ever in the WWE for the time frame. A bisexual wrestler. What could be more outrageous to your average wrestling fan? Exactly. Loved it. What it was a great fucking idea. great. Yeah. Right, back to the next. Just jumping on all people's prejudices and shit. Loved it. Loved yep. it. Loved it. Yep. Yep. That's why she's one of my favorite villains ever. Just, yeah. I mean, I love this villain so much. Yeah, we start same. seeing the Seven Deadly Sins serial killer. We kind of know who we're looking for, right, Court? Yeah, Kevin Spacey. No, no, that, that's if young men go missing. No, no, in the movie Kevin Spacey, not oh. real life Kevin Spacey. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Allegedly. Wait, allegedly in the movie or allegedly in real life? Allegedly in real life, but he definitely did that shit in the movie. Well, the character. Yeah, the character did that shit in the movie. Yeah, either way, just... 
steer clear of Kevin Spacey. Yeah, right now, steer clear of Kevin Spacey. It's just not a good scene. Yeah, just steer, steer away. Yeah, but no serial killing, Ebeth. No serial killing. Actually, Ebeth, if you want a serial kill, I can help you get away with that. I'm just saying. Don't listen to court. Don't serial kill. It's going to cut I, into your drinking time. I haven't been caught, though. So I'm just saying. I Allegedly. mean, like, every once in a while, that's my casual Wednesday activity. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Cuts too much into my drinking time. I just can't. Why don't we hang out more? I think we have a lot more in common. I think we could be better friends than Matt and Matt. I'm, yeah, fuck you, Matt. I'm under, I'm, I'm under the severe <laughs> belief anybody can be better friends with you than I could. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why the show works. I yeah, think. pretty much. We'll just give Matt a psychedelic and sit him in the corner somewhere. He'll be he'll be fine. Everything's so pretty. <laughs> Matt gives psychedelics to himself or he comes here <laughs> I, the I show. mean, how do you think I walk into this fucking house? Because <laughs> <laughs> I like abuse and read drugs. That's like destroying the fucking Mona, Mona Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was the first thing I thought, too, when I watched it. I'm like... I like how you guys both said the same thing at the same time. <laughs> Sometimes we share a brain. Yeah, it happens. Mostly because I had to give him part of mine because his is dead from all the drug abuse. The what now? I don't abuse drugs. I'm quite friendly with them, okay? <laughs> <laughs> drug use. I abuse my body by my drug use. That I'll agree with. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, his brain is dead. I had to give him part of mine. Woo! It's uh, a whole thing we had to do. <laughs> The what pre- friends do for friends. Well, unfortunately... Uh, let's, not, let's not go yeah. hardcore with the friends thing. It's not so much that he's my friend, it's just that I want to keep the listeners, and for some reason they fucking like Matt, and I don't know why. <laughs> I think the same thing about my wife. <laughs> for some reason she likes Matt, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> lesbian vampires. Why would they want to put their teeth in man meat? He stabbed a baby and I came instantly. Want to hop on some dick after that. I mean, I like dick. Yeah, fuck Matt. Fuck you, Matt. Fuck you, Matt. Because I like abuse and redrugs. Fuck you, Matt.